What a way to go. <laughs> Still got a mouthful of Teddy when you get your throat slit open. A mouthful of Teddy is the worst sentence said on this podcast yet. Welcome to Slasher, I Hardly Know Her. I'm your host, Alex, a, I won't say weekly podcast because we don't have a great schedule yet, but it's a horror movie review podcast. We are enjoying doing it very much for you. We do have a very special guest this week. Can't believe we were able to get him. They call him the man that knew too little. I say he's the man that knows too much about horror. Micah. Welcome to the show, Micah. Is this where I'm supposed to talk? This is the point where you talk. I know this is your first podcast appearance, and again, I really thank you for doing this, but yes, I'll say something like to you. I've it'll never be like done we're having one a of con- these before. Well, it'll be like we're having a conversation. So you'll say something, and then I'll say something? Correct. Uh, how, will, how will I know when you're done talking and I should start? My talking will cease. I'll quit saying words, then it'll be your turn. How will I know if it was just a dramatic pause or if you were finished talking? Because I don't ever, God forbid, Alex, want to interrupt you. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to catch you off guard here, but you're doing it right now. You're doing it. You're nailing it. I stop talking, you talk back. You mean it? I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. All right. You're nailing this. Thank you nailing so much this. for having me on the show. I am just tickled pink to be here. I cannot wait to talk about scary things with you. I love talking about scary things with you, my friend. And this week, we are doing a special presentation. Uh, For the month of October, we decided to pick Halloween-related movies. So we're doing a double feature in this episode. We are doing 19... I believe it's 1986. Is that right? That's right, 1986. 1986's Trick or Treat. And then we are doing the popular anthology that everyone uh every horror fan seems to have a soft spot for trick or treat it's a good one i got one of those big big soft squishy spots for it you man you and your squishy spots i love talking to you about the various squishy spots you have it's uh, to be honest to just for our listeners at home this is the bulk of our conversation Talking about Micah's squishy spots. Man, my, my spots got a lot squishier during old 2020 and uh, 2021. Any, th- any parts that were firm are now squishy. They're a little more squishy than they used to be. I, I, I have to say uh, I did the exact same thing. I saw some video of me from about six months ago and was like, my God, what happened to me? <laughs> how did I how did I get here? No, dude, yeah. I'm at my my top weight ever in my entire life. I'm about that 20 true? pounds more than I normally weigh. Yep. I have video of you on my phone fairly recently within the last 2 months of you really cutting a rug to uh, some Tom Jones. <laughs> and uh I thought I think you look excellent. The the uh, the dance moves hide the squishy parts. You can't see it. It's, it's all moving too fast and blurry for you to really get a good look at all the weight that I've put on. I don't know. I think I think uh, like violent gyrating dance really uh, magnifies squishy spots. And then you and Scott, you guys started working out and getting back in shape. I'm still on a full on just bathing in the afterglow of the dumpster fire that was the last year and a half or so i have not not gotten back on it i haven't gotten my mojo back 
Oh, I think you look great. Uh, my wife and I decided we're going to run one mile a day this week. We're supposed to start today, but I'm a little hungover, so I don't I don't know that I'm gonna hit that mile today. Walk a mile, at least make the effort. Get out there, put the shoes on, put on your uh, your sexy little running shorts, and and just walk. And maybe if you feel inspired, you can you can jog a little. Uh, I actually, I think I'm not even getting out of my pajamas today. Ooh. So, uh, I don't All right. think that's, that's, you know, sometimes I you just gotta I, I don't know. We'll wave see. that I, white flag and call it a loss. I think that's, I think that's my Sunday. Uh, so yes, uh, let's get to it. It is Sunday, October 3rd when we are recording this. I feel like we should say that because we do horror news on here. And, uh, by the time our podcast airs, the horror news is probably known by everybody, but you know, I suppose not everybody keeps up with daily horror news like we do so no uh, i'm way behind you could tell me something from six months ago and I, it would probably be news to me because i'm yeah. old now and nobody tells me anything <laughs> well you got to do your research man gotta get out there and 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 really get that horror news into your brain i want the research to come to me like well we'll probably get it to it uh, nope jordan pill's got that new movie coming out i guess that was announced in something like june or july and i found out about it two days ago uh, Jordan Peele still doing movies? Yeah. <laughs> it's news to me. Uh, all right. So let, we're going to tackle Trick or Treat. 1986's Trick or Treat first. Uh, I'll give you a little rundown. It's, uh, it's, it's a unique movie. It's about, uh, I'll just read you the, the quick blurb from IMDb. A bullied teenage boy is devastated after the death of his heavy metal idol, Sammy Kerr. But as Halloween night approaches, he discovers that he may be the only one who can stop Sammy from making a satanic comeback from beyond the grave. I think that's a, a one sentence. I think they really did wrap it up there. That summed it up so much better than you and I uh, ever <laughs> yeah, did. We'd still be going on. Uh, <laughs> this movie stars Mark Price. Uh, anybody that's our age might recognize Mark Price as he uh, he played Skippy, the nerdy neighbor boy who was in love with uh, uh, Alex P. Keaton's sister in grow uh, not growing pains in family ties and I thought it was a unique uh, I thought it was a unique role for him because yes he's a bully teenager but he was such a nerd on family ties and in this he's a heavy metal rocker with an uh, immense and amazing mullet he was also in a movie I loved I mean I loved it when I was a kid it was called the rescue. Uh, some parents get kidnapped, taken away, and it's all up to the kids to go and rescue their parents. I kind of remember that. That kind of rings a bell with me. You texted me when you were watching this. I don't think it got as that. big as like Red Dawn did, but it was kind of a similar thing. Kids against an army, and uh, he was he was one of the kids. And I, dude, I love that movie when I was a kid. Wonder what happened to him. I mean, he was. I mean, he was in popular stuff, and he's a good actor, and he's likable. Uh, but I can't think of anything he's been in in years. But no. that's that's why we have the old trusty IMDb. I'll just pull up Mark Price. We'll see uh, what what happened to the guy. Let's see. It looks like he might have been in some kind of I don't know if it's a vampire movie called Colin in two thousand eight. <laughs> he's only been in seventeen things. His most recent in twenty twenty. Oh, I love him. Hmm. Sorry, my wife is uh, showing me clothes and accessories. We have a dinner to go to on Monday, and so she's 
fancying up. Trying to she this is the pre show. Uh anyway, uh yeah, he he was in something in twenty twenty called Hell's Bells. He plays the mysterious stranger, but he's only in seventeen things. I would think that he was in more. And I love that uh, he's known for, IMDb says, uh, you know, here's what else he's known for. And it's Family Ties, Trick or Treat, and The Rescue. That's the only three. And somehow win, lose, or draw is in there. I don't know what he oh, had to do with it. Didn't didn't he? I remember I remember him being on win, lose, or draw when I was a kid. Did he host it? I have no idea. I do remember that, though. See, I forgot that that was a game show until I saw that Mark Price was on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, win, win lose, or draw. Lose or and then draw. that made me think of, uh, I don't know why, it made me think of Double Dare, the Nickelodeon mm. game show. You remember Hell that? Oh, yeah, you I remember that. Slimed. I to be on that so bad. Wow, we're losing all of our younger listeners right now. That's true. Uh, well, you know, you always talk in the podcast, you always say, uh, you know, for you kids out there. So I went ahead and looked at the uh, analytics for our podcast, and pretty much everybody that listens to us is over the age of 35. Oh, is it really? So it's just other other old folks listening to us. I like that. Middle age, whatever we are. I, I don't know. Okay, so back to the movie. Skippy, Mark Price, known as Ragman in uh, Trick or Treat. Bullied teenager in high school. Uh, you know he's bullied because he goes to school. He's in the cafeteria. He goes to drink his chocolate milk, and the bullies have punched a hole in his chocolate chocolate milk carton. So my question is, how the hell did they do that? When did they do that? How yeah, did they catch him? <laughs> exactly. How did? I mean, what a stupid joke uh, for them to have put in there. But yes, it, his chocolate milk dribbles all over him. So, you know, and the, the bullies in this are particularly awful. Dude, I mean, they, were, they were, I thought they were scarier than any of this stuff that's supposed to be scary. Yeah, man, they were vicious. I mean, he goes to a pool party at one point and uh, they like throw some big metal plate in his backpack and then toss him into the water. So he's weighted down. I'm I mean, pretty sure that that's attempted murder. That is attempted murder. These bullies are vicious. They are rough. They try to drown him. Um, you know who they remind me they? of? Who? The bullies from Karate Kid. I thought the same thing. I kind of think... Cobra Kai motherfuckers yep. coming hard at this poor metalhead. They did. Have you watched any Cobra Kai? I watched it before it was on TV when it was just on YouTube. Oh, back I on YouTube? episodes, yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Not oh, hey, uh... Alex, we're yeah. talking about this movie Trick or Treat, and you said sure. it came out in 1986. Yeah. So you... I thought we might want to give our audience a, a little context <laughs> as to what was going on in 1986. Why is why is this the thing? This is the addition you want to have to the show. Uh, you okay. haven't tried that hard to stop me, so I just keep doing no, it. No, I'm not trying to because I want to know, Michael, what's going on in 1986. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the average price of a gallon of gas was you want to you want to make a guess? Uh, I'm gonna say eighty four cents. Ooh, you're close. Eighty nine cents. Wow. Okay. Uh, this I, was can awesome. Can you imagine? Doesn't that sound magical? Here's another thing from 1986. Uh, the space shuttle Challenger disintegrates 73 seconds after launching, killing oh, all God. seven astronauts on board. Was that 86? Wow, that was a horrible thing. You know, we uh, when I was a kid the, in elementary school, they brought TVs into all the rooms so that we could all watch the, the Challenger mm. uh, launch. It was a yep. big deal. 
and something happened and our room couldn't get a TV, so we didn't actually see it. I don't remember if I saw it happen live, but I remember even at that age, I think it was, what, maybe five years old, something like that. That one stuck in my brain as just one of those pieces of history. I mean, it was on the news. My parents were talking about it. You saw the the replay over and over again, and yeah, pretty awful. So, again, thank you so much for that. Any good news from 86? Well, uh, 1986 was the uh, the debut of a little show called The Oprah Winfrey Show. Oh, wow. Yeah, Oprah. And it was uh, the, uh, the first case of mad cow disease is found in November of 1986. Oh, wow. Okay. Remember that, Alex, when all those cows <laughs> were going mad? <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. I can't believe. It's they were all, so angry. It's, I just can't believe it. Some I assume, of the angriest bovines I've ever seen. Just I indignant. I assume it was like over the across the pond and they were using mad like crazy. That's what I've always assumed. Yeah. That's all I got for 1986. Crazy bunch cow of, disease. Bunch of mad cows running around. Yeah, that, that sounds serious. Crazy cow disease sounds funny. Crazy cow? Well, they were. They were. Yeah, it does. Mad. You mad. So you're saying they weren't angry cows, they were crazy cows. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I think, I hypothesize they were just great, just a couple of crazy cows. Now, I was out imagining... Out on the meadow. <laughs> I was imagining your meadow cows very angry about a per- particular uh, injustice that had been done to them, and maybe they were they were holding signs you know, protesting this injustice, mooing, mooing as loud as cows can moo, saying, no, we will not stand for this. We cows are mad. Misspelled picket signs that say eat more chicken. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shafai. (laughs) Okay, so uh, also in 1986, there's this movie that I believe uh, we're, we're talking about. Uh, they call it trick or treat. So this bullied kid, uh, this bullied kid, Mark Price, Ragman, big heavy metal fan. He's got an amazing room. His room's like in the attic. It's this huge, like vaulted. It, I mean, I would have loved to have that room covered in rock star posters. But his main, his main rock star, you know, guy, the guy that he idolizes, this this Sammy Kerr, and pretty much. I mean, we get that. And then I'd say within the first, you know, five of the movie, maybe ten, Sammy Kerr dies in a fire. And this kid, he, so he's our first death is the actual rock star Sammy Kerr. And this kid is just, you know, rot with grief. He's absolutely devastated. I mean, that's his idol. He, like, he has posters in his room. He just, he loves him. He looks up to him, idolizes the guy, and it crushes him. Yeah, and he goes to uh, seek solace with uh, his DJ friend, who is played by none other than uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. And uh, apparently Gene Simmons was actually offered the role of the rock star, uh, the Sammy Kerr role, and opted. He said, no, I'd rather play this DJ friend character. And uh, he said he did it as a tribute to Wolfman Jack, the old, like, super... You know, DJ from way back in the day, way before our time, even if you can imagine there is a time before our time. And uh, 
And it's kind of, at first, it was kind of tough to tell it was Gene Simmons because I'm either used to seeing Gene Simmons, obviously, in his kiss makeup or what Gene Simmons looks like now, which is, you know, like some kind of inflatable pool toy. Uh, <laughs> and so he didn't look like, in fact, he was he was actually pretty good looking. My wife even pointed that out. She was like, hey, he's not a bad looking guy. Um, he wasn't. I thought the same thing. I was like, and he, he's, he's kind of hunky. He's got some some sexy eyes going on, that Gene Simmons. And if you can believe it, he didn't do anything with his tongue. You know, like, when do you see Gene Simmons when he's not flicking his giant tongue around? And uh, he didn't in this movie. He was just, in fact, he was just a very likable, nice guy. And he gives, uh, he gives Ragman the one copy. He's like, this is the only copy of this uh, album that exists. And it's an unreleased Sammy Kerr uh, album. Uh, and so he gives it to him. Kid goes back. He plays it. Uh, you know, again, this whole time the kid is brooding over being bullied by these guys and not liked at school. He only has one friend. And uh, he goes back and he, he, he goes back to his room. He plays the record. And when he plays it forward, it sounds like it's playing backwards. And then he realizes the record's actually talking to him, and it's Sammy Kerr talking to him from beyond the grave. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was uh, a unique way. Because, you know, we're in the 80s where, you know, all the parents are freaking out about Satanism and, uh, you know, backmasking of of songs and stuff that are brainwashing their children. That's a thing that really happened, that, that, that parents really were worried about it, at this time period in life. And so I thought that was kind of a cool uh, peg to get into the movie that that this back masked uh, record is actually talking to him, a guy talking to him from beyond the grave. I remember being in a school. They took this stuff seriously where I grew up in small town America and they made us watch a video. I think it might have been called Hell's Bells or something like that. That was like a PSA made by fundamentalist Christians or something like that about just the, uh, the the dangers of listening to rock and roll, of Satanism, of backmasking. So, I mean, that hysteria, that fear of rock and roll music wasn't made up for this movie. It was nope. very real when we were kids. Yeah, it was a real deal. I remember it. And I didn't like heavy metal back then. I mean, I have since become a metalhead. I love heavy metal and I love 80s metal especially. But uh, back then... I hated it, man. I thought, it, and I didn't hate it because it was, you know, Satanistic. I just thought all the dudes who liked heavy metal in my school were such, you know, burnout losers. But then I became a burnout loser and I really started to enjoy it. See, listeners, back in the day, Alex was more of a uh, light jazz kind of guy. Walked around snapping his fingers, saying stuff like bebop and boogie woogie and... Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, now that you say that, there is a lot of video of me as a kid where I'm saying things like bebop and boogie woogie. So, you know, you're not too far off there. In fact, spot on, I'd say. Uh, no kidding. When I was a teenager, I did listen to a lot of dance music. And I mean, which is beyond me. I ended up being in a metal band. I love metal music. But uh, the first CD I ever got and played in my car was Crystal Waters. Do you remember Crystal Waters? Nope. She's just like you and me, but she's homeless. She's homeless. As she stands there singing for money. Oh, Crystal Waters. There. Oh, yeah. The sweet sounds of Crystal Waters. Now it's all coming back to me. Uh, so let's get back to the movie. Uh, 
this, uh, so once he hears this song going backwards, uh, and Sammy realized Sammy Kerr is talking to him. I don't, I can't ever understand what Sammy Kerr says out of the record, but it, it gives the kid the gumption to go back and fight against the bullies. So we get this stupid, ridiculous hallway chase. Uh, it was almost like a three stooges scene. The Mark Price sets up, a like a rolling chair in the hallway and then he goes and he like, he pours milk all over one of the bullies or dumps his food on him or something. And, and I love the bully. He looks at me and he goes, you're dead. <laughs> and it, the way he said it was perfect. And so all the bullies start chasing Mark Price. And then it's just ridiculous. They're slipping on the floor. They're falling on chairs. I mean, it's this big run through the chase through the high school. And then uh, Mark Price, Ragman, runs into the teacher's lounge, right? And I guess gets out of there. And so they think he's in there. And so they just bust open the door and start immediately spraying a fire extinguisher but of course it goes over all all over the teachers because mark price is not there and what i loved about that was you know you'd notice pretty quick you were spraying teachers with a fire extinguisher but this guy just keeps spraying he just keeps on spraying until the thing runs out it's like uh anyone would have stopped but not this bully I was surprised that the bullies even cared. As as big a bullies they were, as, as big an assholes as they were, uh, uh, that the teachers' lounge thing. They were like, "Oh God, we sprayed teachers." Uh, they seemed a little more uh, uncaring. Like they they would be the type of bullies who would just go ahead and spray a teacher, because man, they were some mean, mean bullies. They were mean, mean, mean bullies. There is no question. I mean, like. They, you know, he, Skippy does get invited to that pool party uh, by this girl, very beautiful girl, uh, who is, you know, popular and everything. She invites him to the party, uh, the pool party, which is at the school after hours at their pool, which seemed weird. Uh, but uh, that's when they try to drown him in the pool by putting that thing in his backpack. And you really see the scope of it. Like even like one of the girls comes over, like one of the bullies you know, girlfriends comes over and is like, why can't you just be normal? Why are you such a freak? I mean, they're just awful. Even the girls are terrible. You would have thought the kid had, I don't know, like a second head growing out of him, uh, the way they treat this guy because what he wears, uh, a, a jacket. And he, I mean, instead of a polo, he wasn't that big a freak. He really wasn't. I mean, he just looked like a normal kid. I mean, granted, it was an amazing mullet. It was a it was a mullet that uh, was to be admired without question. But uh, yeah, he just uh, he wasn't that, and he was a nice guy. He seemed like a real nice kid. He was. He was a friendly guy. But you know what? Bullies don't care. In fact, they bullies probably care. hate you if you are nice. That's exactly. probably why they hate you. It doesn't make you safe. It makes you a target. If you seem nice, they're like, oh, we can mess with this guy's life. Did anybody actually ever get a swirly? Did you ever see anybody get a swirly? Is that a Never real thing or is that seen... just like an urban legend? I think the only swirly that I'm aware of was one kid who wanted to give himself a swirly. Uh, yeah, just just because. But I don't think I actually saw. I saw lots of wedgies, and more yeah, than sure, anything, yeah. at my school, I saw people people getting. There's that's, someone. Is at, that at your chewini? There's someone at the door of Slasher Studios, at our very expensive uh, <laughs> <laughs> Slasher Studios. Well, just have Cynthia go and get that. Just wave her over there and. Uh, have Cynthia uh, get that. I mean, she's supposed to be holding the front office anyway. 
Yeah, Cynthia, our receptionist, has really dropped the ball today. <laughs> Cynthia, let me. I'll talk to Sandra, our producer, see if she can do something about Cynthia. Maybe, I don't know, replace her, get her an intern, or maybe we can get a doorman, something like that. Well, I mean, clearly she's not doing her job well at all. Uh, so I think it's a good point to take a break. You want to do, uh, before we do that, you want to get to the first round of... Ooh, is it time for that game? I think it's time for Final Girl. For those who don't know, if you're just listening for the first time, we play a game here called Final Girl. What you do is you go, you follow us on Instagram, and then right before we record a show, we'll put out a question. We'll ask you, what would your name be if you were in a horror movie? You submit that name. We pick from the best names. Uh, I think we, what do we pick, five? Five players. We pick five players. Four rounds. And this is all about the horror movie rules. So if you follow the horror movie rules, if your character follows the horror movie rules, you very well might be the final girl and win the Slasher I Hardly Know or Mystery Prize, which, by the way, Micah, I believe you finally received I finally yours. got it, dude. It's a beautiful, I mean, it's a work of art, man. This is, uh, I think we're doing too much. I'm not sure that, that the listeners are worth it. I'm having so much fun making these things. I uh, hope so because, man, dude, I, the the box it comes in, the, did you the like thing that? itself? Are you kidding me? It's it's like in on display in my house now. Uh, one, it's it's I don't know. I'm a little bit amazed by your talent. Uh, it, yeah, I, I'm happy. This is gonna this is gonna stay in my house forever for the rest of my life, and I'm gonna treat it like it's a museum piece and make sure it gets to stay in pristine condition because you did a hell of a job on it well i really appreciate you saying that that uh, i'm glad you like it so that's what you win if you win we're not going to tell you what it is because we want it to be a mystery prize uh and so micah let's get to this week's final girl all right let's mix Mitt, let's met the Swix contestants. Okay. Uh, I, right. Let us meet this week's contestants. We've got five players. First, we have October. Oh, okay. Cool. I like it. Just October. Then we have one Becca Bushburn. Okay. Okay. We got a new one this week. We have Jamie Lee Cuttis. Jamie Lee Cuttis. That's clever. Very clever. Uh, also, we have Emma Royds. Ah, Emma Royds. I know who. I I'm gonna guess who submitted that. That's our friend uh, who submits every week and has yet to win a Final Girl challenge, but plays every week. Uh, what was his name last week? Uh, Pete okay, the boy, right? And the week before that, it was uh, Harry Balsanya. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh. Where's the horror section? That's who keeps submitting this stuff. Uh, uh, and we you, say, have you looked at uh, Where's the Horror section's Instagram? Uh, that guy knows his horror. Oh, yeah. it, most definitely. He, he's yeah. a horror fan, hardcore horror fan. You can tell, and he keeps coming back. And when he, I hope he keeps coming back. I hope keep, he keeps coming keep back. Keep submitting I, those names, bro. But we I do him. want him to win. I do hope. You know, that's who I'm going to root for this week. I always root for somebody. I'm I'm rooting for him. And what was his name this week? His name is. Emma, last name Royds. Emma, Emma Royds. Ah, oh, clever, clever. All right, who else we got? One more? One more. Uh, this is Alyssa. Uh, <laughs> okay. I guess uh, that's how you would say it. They they submitted the name Alyssa. Uh, it's A-L-Y-Y-S-S-S space A. 
Alice. Ah. Okay. Well, that must be the only right way to pronounce it. Good luck to you all. Uh, are you ready to spin that wheel? Let's spin it. All right. <laughs> Here we go. No, no wheel noise, sir. You, you told to me to a... oil it. Oh, that was beautiful. That you spun that wheel? Yeah, I, I spun it. You said to oil it. So uh-huh. I got some oil and I put it all over myself, and now I spin the wheel covered in oil. <laughs> I'm so glad we do these podcasts over the phone and not over Zoom. I'm kidding. I haven't spun the wheel yet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Brown one. Let's find out what happens. First up is October. Jerry winked at you as he unzipped his pants, but you gave him the stink eye and said, not a chance. (laughs) You survived. All right. Well done, October. Alyssa, or Alyssa, the kids doing whippets looked like they're having fun. You want to give it a try, but chicken out and have none. You survived. (laughs) (laughs) The rhyme was a bit of a stretch. (laughs) All right. That was Alyssa in October. Next up is Emma Royds. Emma. Sandy has gone missing, so Chad says, let's spread out. (laughs) But you and Claire stick together like good Girl Scouts. You survived. (laughs) Nice. They got him and made it through the first round. Okie dokie. Who's next? We've got Jamie Lee Cuttis. Mm -hmm. The mean girls are bullying the new kid in town. You stick up for her and say, don't push her around. Survived. I love that you've decided to make these rhyme. None of these are mine this week, so uh, I mean, I think the rhyming thing—you inspired the rhymes. That was all by you, accident. Dr. Seuss. I did it by accident once, and here we are. <laughs> all right, one more to go. It's uh, Becca. Becca Bushburn. Oh, Becca, you're not. It's not looking good for you. You never know. You never know. Don't, mm-hmm, don't, don't, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. anything can happen, right, Alex? Okay, here we sure, go. Sure, Becca, the lovely Becca Bushburn. Everyone's watching TV, but the picture turns to static. You go upstairs to adjust the antenna in the attic. Someone yells, that looks great! So you turn to head back down, but when you do, someone slips a knife in your guts without a sound. <laughs> Good Lord. Dead. Sorry, Becca Bushburn. Damn. Okay, so why'd she get it? Because she went off alone? I think she went off alone. Was she went the to an attic. I don't think you should go into an attic by yourself. That seems like a bad idea. I think you're right. Think don't you're go right. upstairs. Well, congratulations to the four of you that made the right choice and survived. On to the second round, the final girl. That was a good one. Micah, you think it's a good time to take a break? Let's do it. Let's hear from our lovely sponsor. On the next, Dead Talk. I remember the first time I killed someone. I don't know. I got a rush. It felt amazing. and There was something magical about it. I think us killers are often misunderstood. People put so much value in the sanctity of human life. But until you've taken a life, you don't know that there's a value in killing as well. Say, <laughs> so I must have been only uh, 14, I guess, the first time I killed someone, and 
you know, of course I, I, I was torn about it, but I knew it had to be done. I felt this, this yearning inside me, this uh, irrepressible need to kill. And of course we understand there's a human life uh, hanging in the balance, but there are over seven billion people and people die every day in a in myriad different ways. And, you know, uh, there's almost something beautiful about dying via murder. Uh, a lot of research has actually been done on the ways that people die and the ways that people suffer as they die. I know that none of my victims have ever suffered the way someone might with a terminal disease. And often these deaths from disease or accidents, well, they benefit no one. I mean, people are going to die anyway, and no one will get the benefit. But with murder, someone dies, as they were going to eventually. But someone also benefits from that death. The killer, he receives a immeasurable joy from these deaths, from these killings, from these, one might say, uh, these divine interventions. So please join us on the next Dead Talk for this candid conversation with Hannibal Lecter. Welcome back to Slasher. I hardly know her. I'm your host, Alex. Joined this week by our very, very special guest, a man you all love to hate and hate to love, Micah. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. So you want to talk about what we're into? Let's talk about it. What are you into? Into. Into. What are you into? What's all this screaming about? So what are you into, Micah? I am into, you know, not much, you know, when you're depressed, you, you lose interest in things. So I really don't, I'm not interested in anything. So, oh, well, that's sad. That's sad. So the, the pandemic made you fat and uninterested. Fat and sad. That, and, that uh, that's my code name. I do want to point out though, to our listeners, Micah is in no way fat. He's not even remotely fat. He may truly be at his heaviest, although I find that hard to believe. He looks great. Fatter than normal. Let's go with you, that. I'm 20 uh, pounds heavier than I normally am, and I uh, think about exercising a lot and then don't. Well, so we know you're not into exercising. What are you into? I have been reading this How to Survive a Horror Movie book uh, by mm. the guy who wrote, uh, what was it? It was that Jane Austen, uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, and it's got a foreword by the late, great Wes Craven. So I've been reading How to Survive a Horror Movie, and then... The other thing that I'm into and very excited about is uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror, which well, I, th I thought that was over and done with with two seasons. But apparently there's a third season. I think they're two episodes in. I haven't started watching it yet. It's on AMC, and I'm very excited about that because I loved, loved watching those and sat on the couch and binge-watched the first two seasons with my better half. You're such a jackass. That's what I was going to be into, but that's okay. Uh, Have you seen any of season three yet? Yeah. Watched some yesterday. It's really good. And, you know, not to harp on the 
on something that I talk about in every podcast. But I noticed yesterday, I'm pretty sure I haven't looked it up to make sure I'm right, but uh, the person doing the voiceover for season three, Adam Green. Oh, man, (laughs) the love affair continues. The love affair continues, man. I I just, I want to be that guy's friend. I ordered an autographed uh, poster of Holliston to put down in my theater room and it, you know, it comes autographed by Adam Green, and he makes a joke in Holliston, one of the episodes, about how annoying it is when uh, fans meet you at conventions and then ask you not to personalize it because you know they're going to sell it on eBay when they give you an autograph. And uh, so I, I ordered the thing and then just sent a note that said, hey, you know, I, I listened to that joke, so you know, if you want to personalize it, my name is this, and I host this podcast. Uh, it's supposed to come in the mail like today or tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see if they even got my note and if he actually personalized it. I kind of doubt he did. But anyway, I'm going to get an auto, uh, Adam Green autographed Holliston poster. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so what else am I into? I'll tell you, uh, you have Hulu, don't you? I got the Hulu. So every they every year they do their Hulu ween specials and, uh, I don't know if there's, I mean, I'm sure there's something new this year. I haven't really delved into it, but every year, and they're there all year round, but uh, they do uh, little bitty shorts. I'm sure they were part of something, but, you know, they're like three minutes long, they're four minutes long or whatever. And uh, my wife and I have been going through and watching some of those. And we're like, oh, what do you want to watch? And it's like, well, let's commit to this. It's three minutes. And there's some really good ones on there. Uh Carved, if you can check out Carved on Halloween, it's three minutes long. It's pretty clever. It's got some good special effects. And uh, then my wife also pointed out that I should say I'm into what we do in the shadows because the new season has premiered. I think they're on episode six. And it's great this season, man. If you're not watching uh, what we do in the shadows, you are missing out. It is so good. It's so funny and so dark. And this latest episode, episode six, is very special effect heavy. I think they probably had to have blown their entire season's budget on this episode. Now, is this the one? Does this have Jermaine uh, Clement, the guy from Flight of the Concords, in it? He is one of the producers of it because I guess he was in the movie. That I we do saw in the, shadows. the movie. I haven't. I've seen never the TV seen the movie. Show. I've never. That's what I. I should watch the movie, and you should watch the TV show. Okay. I mean, you will laugh your ass off. It is so funny. It's like The Office, but it's with vampires. It's a mockumentary, right? It's a yeah. It's a mockumentary, and it's just super fun. I mean, it's it, it's a truly truly funny episode. You can watch one episode over and over and you'd still find new laughs. It's just so stupid and great. Um, okay. Let's get back to this uh, movie. Cause we got two movies to get through. And we're barely through this one. Uh, basically what's happened up to this point is this, this outcast kid teenager, uh, has his rock idol has died. Now his rock idol is talking to him through an album. And, uh, that guy, the, the dead rock star eventually materializes and becomes uh, physical in the world or whatever. And, uh, and he looks pretty cool, man. Cause you know, he died to fire. So half his face is burned off and he just looks like this like eighties rock God. And he starts doing some pretty bad stuff. Uh, I think, I'll just I'll just go with one of my favorite moments. So all so he materializes through like speakers. It's somebody's 
playing his song or if there's a radio that he could somehow get through. That's how he comes into the world, through speakers and radio. Uh, and then he, you know, and he's a physical person, right? That's how he starts killing people. Is He's like actually a, a person in the world, except for one death where the bully was making out with his girlfriend in the back of a car out at like Lookout Point or whatever. Oh, that's he right. Des- he decides he's got to go take a pee. And uh, so she's like, well, what do I do? Well, I'll just put this uh, uh, Skippy uh, Ragman had given the bully a tape that he made, a cassette tape that he made of the album that this bad guy materializes out of. He gave it to him and said, here's a peace offering. I think he's doing it to kill him. Like this will, you know, we'll let the rock star kill you. He never listens to it, but it is in his car. And so she puts the tape in her Walkman uh, <laughs> and lays back while he's out taking a pee in the back of the car and listens to it and uh, kind of goes into some kind of trance. Like she's really into the music. Yeah, and are so they're like green vapors. Yes. That start and to this creep is creep over her. Yeah. This is the only one that's that way. He, he becomes a physical person every time he comes out of a speaker and kills you. But in this particular one, he it's a green fog that comes out of the headphones and surrounds her and then starts taking her clothes off. Yeah. It's like, and she's slowly, really into the music. She doesn't hate this. She's like starting to get no, into it. She's totally into it. And then it becomes a green foggy hand and tries to get in her pants. And that's when she kind of snaps out of it, looks up. And for whatever reason, it's a crazy monster a giant heavy metal demon i don't know what you would call that uh when they were writing this one they were like okay for this death let's do it differently than we did any of them and we won't repeat it so he's not Sammy Kerr. He's some sort of Gozar monster from Ghostbusters. <laughs> and uh, and then her, what does what her face melt in the headphones? Isn't that right? Yeah, it melts to her ears. Because uh, when the guy comes back from his pee, he like sees something's wrong. He pulls her headphones off, sees that her ear is melted to the headphone. At which point he, he somehow makes the leap to it must be whatever song is playing out of this cassette from her Walkman. How he came to that conclusion, I don't he, know. No, that's, he, that's... he does, though. He's like, oh, man, the song killed her. The song melted her face It must off. have been I the mean, song. Does, it must have been he that heavy that metal kid. Together. Yeah, he immediately does that. Uh, For my money, this was really the only good Sammy Kerr appearance. Like, uh, I mean, everything else is what electricity and shooting lightning out of an electric guitar. Uh, yeah, you didn't. You didn't like when he slaughters a gem full of children by shooting electricity out of his guitar. I thought the kills were pretty <laughs> lackluster. After the, the 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 heavy metal demon in the car, every other uh, Sammy Kerr kill is is disappointing. If you ask me. Uh, like, really? Agreed. That's what they went with? Electricity and people just Agreed. going poof and their clothes are in a pile on the floor. It was like they, at the end, were like, God, damn, we need one more death. And they hired a different writer and he wrote a great death. And they were like, damn, I wish we, we would have had him for the whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she dies. 
And so, the like you said, the bully makes that leap. He's like, ah, oh, well, this it's the heavy metal kid. He did this. He gave me that tape, and it melted my girlfriend's head. And so he drives. Because that's a thing that happens. Sure. I mean, like, it's it's a leap that we would all make. It's, it's a, like when you know, we watched The Blob and the sheriff and the deputy were, let's blame Kevin Dillon for blobbing people. He's a no good trailer park kid. He must be taking a blob he's, and melting people. Yeah, surely he's the blob that's melting everything. This poor teenage kid. So he goes to Skippy's house. He goes to Ragman's house, pulls his car, drives up onto the driveway and starts screaming at him. Now, here is what I noticed. I don't remember what Ragman, Eddie is his name in the show. I don't remember what his last name is. Oh, it's Weinbauer. I've got INDP, right? So his last name is Weinbauer. So the guy gets out, and I didn't know his last name was Weinbauer. The guy gets out, the bully gets out, and he's like, Weinbauer, Weinbauer. And all I, I thought he had gotten out of the car and was yelling, White Power. Weinbauer! Weinbauer! You son of a bitch, what did you do to her? What the hell did you do to her? What do you mean, Sam? She's in the fucking hospital, man. You could have fucking killed <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what is this? This took a turn. I had to look it up, and his last name's Weinbauer. So, you know, he's like, uh, you know, hey, you killed my girlfriend, whatever. And this is kind of when uh, Eddie Ragman starts having, uh, he starts having second thoughts. I mean, he he's feeling pretty powerful. He, I like that scene because he says, I don't know, the bully threatens him or something. And then uh, Mark Price kind of, he says something too and gives him a look. And then the jack-o'-lanterns that are on either side of his porch set on fire and start blowing flames. And the bully gets the hell out of there. I thought that was a pretty dark and awesome scene. That was cool because, you know, Eddie's got the power of heavy metal on his side. Now the Mm -hmm. bully can see it. And he's like, this kid's not just a metalhead. He's a freak. Yeah. and, And you can tell he's really enjoying that power. But... That's when he starts to second guess it because then uh, Sammy Kerr tries to kill Skippy's mom. And that's when the movie takes its turn and you realize this guy is evil. You knew he was evil. You knew Sammy Kerr was evil and he was, but he was helping uh, Ragman. Well, now he realizes, Ragman realizes, oh, he's just here to kill everybody because he tries to kill his mom. Yeah, it's not the story we thought it was. It's not what Eddie thought it was where he was just going to help him level the playing field with the bullies and get some some revenge, but uh, he's a homicidal maniac. And Eddie's now going, I got to stop this guy. I got to stop yeah. my hero from killing everybody. Yeah, and and he tries to... He, he, he tries to... De- dest- he destroys the record. He destroys his stereo. He's trying to destroy everything he can to you know make this guy not come back to to life again and i feel bad uh for all the stereos did you yeah i do because eddie and that turns into a theme throughout the rest of the film is they just beat the holy hell out of every stereo in the movie that's how you that's how they're going to defeat him basically is if there's a radio anything at all because that's how Sammy Kerr is coming alive. And they're going to destroy it, uh, which is a bad deal because, you know, that was kind of it was kind of Ragman's life was listening to his heavy metal music. But now now he can't do it because uh, he's destroyed all of his stereos. I kind of also feel bad, a, a little bad for Sammy Kerr 
because it appears he's going to have to spend his entire afterlife in those like rubber pants he had, the leather the leather <laughs> pants. I, mean, I don't want to spend my afterlife in the tightest leather pants possible, man. That sounds pretty rough. No wonder he's so angry. Half his face is burned off and he can't take these leather pants off. I would be distraught. And you know what was funny about the Sammy Kerr, the actor they got to play him, he's not a metalhead. I guess he's not even a singer because whenever he sings at that scene later at the, uh, what is it, like a Halloween dance, it's obvious, obviously lip syncing. And this guy's uh, the actor who played Sammy Kerr, Tony Fields. He's a dancer, which that you see, you can tell this guy can dance because, man, when he's on he, stage he, yeah, at that Halloween he dance, he can spin. I love that when he does appear, the the reason he appears at the, we'll, we'll get to that. Like, well, let's just get to it now. Uh, he, uh, Ragman's friend has a copy of the, the album. He has it on cassette tape, right? Yeah, his buddy and, Roger. Right, his buddy Roger has that tape uh, because Mark Price calls him and he says, you got to go get that tape out of the bully's car. You know, he's, it needs to be destroyed. And he's like, don't listen to it. Destroy it. Well, of course, Roger does go to the bully's car, gets the tape out of the back because it melted his girlfriend's, you know, face off. He gets the tape out of the back, goes home, of course, doesn't listen to Ragman, plays it. And then Sammy Kirk comes live and threatens him and says, you play this tape at the dance at midnight tonight or I'm going to kill you. Or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And so he does. With Roger that wide-eyed goes and, stare he does. Because yeah. that's heavy metal, big eyes. It's heavy metal, baby. You got to have those big eyes. And uh, so he does play it at the dance. Sammy Kerr then materializes. And uh, there's a lot I love about this scene. So he's on, he then takes the stage where there is a live band at the school dance and uh, pretty immediately kills the lead singer, right? And he just kill him immediately and take over. Yeah, we don't need him and, anymore. Right. But the rest of the band, which are just these high school kids, Two things. One, don't care that their lead singer's just been killed by a stranger. And two, just start playing, man, and they can play Sammy Kerr's song perfectly. They sound amazing, these high school kids playing Sammy Kerr's song. That's the power of rock and roll, and that's why you have to be scared of rock and roll. He starts, Sammy Kerr's on stage, and he's banging his fist against his tight leather pants and then the crowd yeah. starts to clap along and then suddenly the band knows what to play and bam they're banging out this beautiful beautiful rock song well that's the first time i really did actually take note of the music i mean obviously the music is a is a big part of this you know i mean it, it's it's what the whole thing's about but I guess because it was always playing in the background and stuff i didn't really take note of it so then i'm listening to this song and it's pretty good, the one he's playing there on stage. And it makes me think, well, wait a second. Somebody had to play this music. This has, you know, somebody made that. It's not, they're not existing songs. And so they were made for the movie. So I look it up and it's a band called Fastway. And they actually recorded an entire album for this movie. There was a soundtrack to this movie. And it's the band Fastway, which is... Uh, some they're they're front men from other bands. Uh let's see. Oh, the front man from I had it here somewhere. He's since passed on. Okay. His name was he was a former motorhead guitarist, Eddie Clark, and the vocalist Dave King from Flogging Molly made this band Fastway. And they 
I mean, they were a band for a while. I mean, they, they made songs, they toured, uh, and I downloaded the entire album on Spotify and I've been listening to it at the gym. It's good, dude. It's a good album. I'll have to check it out. It's got Fast Eddie from Motorhead. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Eddie Clark. Fast Eddie Clark from Motorhead. And uh, then a guy from Flogging Molly. And, and Jerry Shirley, the drummer from Humble Pie. Uh, I don't know that. I did look it up. I, I should have. I looked it up earlier this week, and so I knew more about it then. But, I mean, there's like a whole story of them. I mean, they weren't just for this movie. They did a lot of stuff. You're and, not going to believe uh, this. I popped them up on Wikipedia. It says they were active from 1983 to, you're not going to believe this, 2018. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, one or two of them have, have since died, and I think that's <laughs> that certainly slowed the progress of the band. Yeah, yeah, that makes it hard. As it would. And I and IMDb says that they offered the uh Sammy Kerr role to Wasp frontman Blackie Lawless and he was gonna do it. But then they said, uh, no, we we've gotten a band called Fastway to do the soundtrack, so you're just gonna lip lip sync to, you know, the Fastway songs. And he was like, uh, I'm a singer and I have a band and I'm not gonna lip sync and they were like, Cool, then uh I guess I guess we'll go with somebody else. And he was like, yep. I guess we'll get a dancer. Yep. And they got a dance. Who was great, by the way. I thought he was great. I mean, like, I thought he played, the, the guy who played uh, Sammy Kerr, I thought he did a great job. He was very believable as a satanic 80s metal frontman. I thought he was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering, how am I supposed to be scared of this man uh, whose only strength is to make wide eyes at people and shoot electricity at them. And if you cut the power to a building, he's got no power. Uh, they figure out he's got to have electricity or a, a tape player, because I guess Eddie rips a radio out of one of the cars, which means old uh, uh, Sammy Kerr can't do anything uh, to him, uh, which begs the question, okay, we're at the Halloween party, we're playing, and then... The the heavy metal demon guy, Kerr, starts shooting electric electricity, I guess, out of his guitar at people, <laughs> like he's cocking his guitar and shooting it, and kids just go poof, and then their clothes fall on the ground. Uh, okay, so this is kind of spoiler. We're jumping ahead, but if cutting the power to the building where they had the Halloween party made it so that Sammy Kerr couldn't do anything, when they showed at the, the radio station where Gene Simmons, you know, doing his Wolfman Jack-esque character and they're going to play that song at midnight, why didn't they just cut the power at the radio station? Uh, doesn't... Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, it's the girl. We haven't talked much about her. She's the girl that uh, asks Ragman to go to the pool party and they kind of, you know, obviously there's some kind of romance there or whatever. Lisa. And they yeah, they become, you know, they're the two main characters, really. They're the ones that are going to try to stop uh, Sammy Kerr. But doesn't she go to the radio station and just start destroying equipment? Eventually, yeah. Eddie does this thing where he's like, listen, I'm going to jump in a police car with this uh, I get a little tape recorder or tape cassette player or maybe a little handheld radio. I'll throw it in the back seat and I'll start calling uh sammy a, a baby and a coward until he comes out and uh, you stand here and count to 40 and then once you count to 40 i want you to what did she do she ran towards the building with a tiki torch it wasn't a tiki torch what did she have in her hand i don't remember this maybe i had checked out at that point 
And this is where you fell asleep on the couch with one button undone on your pants. Uh, I'm s- <laughs> like somebody's drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you're, you're not not right. I mean, I'm sure that some of what you say is is what happened. I'm I'm still at the dance though. I mean, that's where the that's you know there're not a lot of kills in this movie until you get to the dance. And our our number two kill is the girl, right? Yeah. Gets her head melted off. And then number three is the lead singer of that band. And Wait, did the girl the who the listened to the cassette die? I thought she just ended up in the hospital. The girl who got her ear melted. Was she dead? I don't have her listed as a death. I just, just did that right now. Uh, I thought she was dead. I don't know if uh, she died. I think later the, the bully talks about somebody being in the hospital. I assumed it was the girl. I, you know, uh, Well, again. that must be it. Yeah. And so that means the only the second death. We're only to the second death when he kills that lead singer at the band. But then he ramps it up. That's when he starts shooting kids with electricity out of his guitar. <laughs> and you get, I count on him. You get, I mean, I'm sure there are uncountable ones that happened, you know, just incidentally, but there's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine at that death. That's they get the body count up there. And then uh, before we get off this dance, uh, then uh, Sammy Kurt to get off of the stage gets on a rope and swings across the gym. Yeah, did it, he climb up on the was it the basketball goal or something like that? I he gets up high, so. he grabs something, and he. He just jumps off Tarzan style and yeah. swings out into the He's audience. He's out of control. Crazy yeah, rock was, and rollers. <laughs> it, it was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, and then uh, also just to really sell that our bully is an asshole. He's Ooh. drunk now and uh, then tries to molest. Uh, is it Leslie? Yeah. Uh, it? The actress was Lisa. Uh, the character's name was Leslie. Leslie. He tries to molest Leslie in the bathroom. Uh, but good news, Sammy Kerr shows up and, <laughs> and he doesn't just try to molest her. Uh, he's an asshole. I mean, he's trying to come on to her, he's trying to kiss her, and she won't have it. He fucking punches Leslie in the face, right? Yeah, she yeah. Ends up he's on a, the ground. He's the worst bully ever. I mean, he is a real son of a bitch, but he gets his. Sammy Kerr explodes his head. Uh, Tim is the bully's name, he explodes Tim's head. By putting his finger in a light socket. Yeah, he licks it first. He licks his finger and then sticks mm-hmm. it in the socket, and then goodbye, mm-hmm. bully. Yeah. Well, so, I can't uh, say I was real upset about Tim dying. I know Tim deserved it. I wish Tim would have died worst. earlier, Fuck and you, and, it, and he got it well. I'm glad it, his head blew up. Uh, I I know we're skipping around, uh, but Lee, uh, Leslie and Ragman are at a house. Uh, I don't remember whose house they're at, and you know. Sammy Kerr is trying to kill him. <laughs> this is so stupid. And he, they lock themselves in the bathroom. Sammy Kerr gets into the bathroom. And then I don't remember exactly <laughs> how he gets his hand in the toilet. Uh, I think he just tripped over like a laundry hamper or wastebasket. So he trips. His hand goes into the toilet. And it starts... Killing him. I mean, it is very painful to Sammy Kerr to have his hand in the toilet, I guess because he's made of electricity. I, I I don't know. And this is where we figure out that water, water is the only thing that Water is the thing that's going to kill him. And my favorite part about that is, right, She his hand's in the toilet, so she flushes it. And somehow the flush 
is what holds his hand in the toilet. Because we all know how powerful a toilet flush can that be. That is a powerful toilet. So then it stops, you know, doing it. You know, the toilet reaches the end of its flush cycle, and he starts to get out. So she flushes it again, and it pulls him back in and continues on <laughs> It was like, when you were writing this, how did you not go, listen, this is asinine. We we can't do this. It's just, it's just too much. Um, and so ultimately, uh, Eddie... Uh, drives the car like you're saying he has he has the radio playing Sammy Kerr or something he drives his car off of a bridge the police car and it's got that you know barrier between you and you know what whoever your prisoner would be in the back uh and he throws the the radio the little radio in the back so Sammy's trapped in the back he's driving the car he gets that car up to Oh my God. I mean, that thing is racing through the night and he finally gets it up to 80 and he uh, drives it off of a, I think it was it a draw bridge. Yeah. You know, the middle like parts a, up so he can drive off right so into the, the, the river through. or whatever. And uh, I guess it's not that bad a crash. Cause you know, once they go down in the water and, and the, uh, <laughs> the metal man is dead, he, uh, Eddie just swims out and goes and see how, uh, how old Leslie's Leslie's doing. So my question to you, Micah, would you recommend this movie? I mean, the first half is good. The school, the bully, that's building some tension. Once the metal guy shows up, Kerr, I mean, he uh, the kills aren't that exciting. I like the demon monster in the car and the green vapor undressing the girl, but after that, it was, it was a little little lackluster the kills uh, it just it, it, you're not going to get any gore from this movie you're just going to get people getting shocked and then their clothes are empty on the ground it it, it wasn't that exciting a climax <laughs> well i do know you like an exciting climax so you're saying you wouldn't recommend it i nah nah i don't think you're gonna miss anything it's not one of those you're gonna be like ah, oh, i wish i had seen 1986's trick or treat it was cool to see Gene Simmons as the DJ. He did a great job, and we all got to appreciate how handsome he is without his kiss makeup on. And then well, uh, Ozzy was great. As we did the, mention Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne's in this. Ozzy Osbourne is only seen on television in the character's house, and he is preaching against the the dangers and the destructive nature of rock and roll music, and he's like a, a religious leader, a preacher, I'm not sure. But he does a hell of a job. Ozzy actually did some good acting. Yeah, and he's not Ozzy Osbourne at all. Like he's this, you know, stuck up, uh, you know, moral figure who's, you know, like you said, talking about, you know, how the dangers of rock and roll. You know, we didn't mention the kills where Sammy Kerr is in front of a television and then reaches into the television and kills the people that are on the show. That's kind of cool. I did. I like thought those that. looked pretty good. The way they did, like he does, he kills Ozzy or at least hurts Ozzy. And then there's another woman who is on TV kind of doing the same thing, talking about the dangers of and he rock reaches and roll, in heavy metal to the TV and, like, <laughs> and then pulls her out as this burned little tiny corpse. I thought that was pretty dope. That did look kind of cool. I like especially that for 86. Yeah. To know, reach was... into the TV, grab the neck that those effects look pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I would suggest this movie. I thought this movie was a fun time. Is it a great movie? It is not a great movie. 
But I was excited. You know, I had seen this movie before uh, quite some time ago, and I was excited. That's one of the things I like about this podcast is, you know, you're probably not going to watch Trick or Tweet Treat twice. Ha <laughs> ha, you and, said tweet instead of treat. We should make a movie called Trick or Tweet, and it'll be about the dangers of social media. Twick or Tweet? Or do we go Trick, trick or, or tweet? tweet? What 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 are the difference in what you said? Twick or Tweet. Versus no, it's trick. It'll be tr- or tweet. it'll be trick or tweet. <laughs> <laughs> say that three times fast. I can't. I can't even say it once correctly. Uh, so I mean, like, so I was excited because I did like this movie. I mean, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. So I was excited about being able to do it again because it gave me a reason to watch it again. You know, will it be a staple that I watch each year? Absolutely not. Um, but I'd recommend it. I thought it was it was ridiculous and it was fun. You get to see Ozzy play a completely un Ozzy character. Uh, it's got some good people in it. Uh, you know, Skippy from Family Ties. It was a surprise to see him play the role he did. You get to see Gene Simmons, like you said, being good looking and normal. I kind of like that it took two rock stars and uh, and like separated them for what from what their real life characters are. I thought that was cool and. Uh, so, yes, I would recommend it. Uh, so I guess my next question to you is how many green mist molesting hands, molesty hands, would you give this movie? I'm going to give this three green molesting hands out of ten. <laughs> I like that sentence. Uh, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it five, and I'm going to say it's a solid five. Oh, if that, wow, solid five. You liked it more than I do. Maybe I had I a bad attitude when I watched it. I don't know. You always going to have I a bad I was more attitude. excited You're, about the beginning of the movie than I was the end. You really are. I agree with that. I really do think the movie fell apart. I think it started with a good concept, and then I think it completely fell apart. Uh, but I like it. I wish more people had seen this movie. I wish it was a thing you could talk about at the water cooler and be like, do you remember this thing? And people be like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. But if you said it now, they'd all just think you were talking about trick or treat, which we're going to do next. Yeah. Oh, and do we want to award a crunchiest kill for 1986's trick or treat? Uh, yes. Let's do the crunchiest kill. Good luck with that. Ah! Crunchiest kill. Ah, crunchiest kill. Hands down, no question. Girl in the car. Getting her ear. Well, she didn't die. You said she didn't die, so we can't give that to her. If she died, that was the best kill. Other than that, I really, really enjoyed when he yanked that woman out of the TV, the little tiny corpse thing that he rips out of the TV. I thought that was a cool effect. Definitely one of the better kills. I love the thing in the car with the demon. The TV thing was cool. I think I'm going to award Crunchiest Kill, though, to a scene we forgot to talk about, which is when Eddie's best friend, Roger takes a crowbar to the power box, the breakers in the hallway after they leave the dance, jams it in there. It shocks him and they 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 lose Roger. But then he's not dead. So that can't be my crunchiest kill because he just goes, I'm still here. See the I two best kills, t- nobody dies. Yeah, exactly. Just, All the other kills are just kinda the only good kills are not true kills except for I guess I'd have to give it to the lady in the TV. I, I would say so. We'll get, we'll do that, but we'll we'll both agree that had she died, the chick in the car killed by the green mist and the Gozar monster was the best kill if she had died. Definitely. Okay, so you know what time it is. 
What time is it, Alex? It's time for round two of Final Girl. All right. Let's recap round one. We lost one Becca Bushburn. That leaves us with four survivors. We have October, Jamie Lee, Cut Us, Emma Royds, and Alyssa. And I am pulling for Emma Royds because uh, he has come back every week, submitted some great names, is a horror movie geek. I mean, looking at his page, he knows his stuff. Guy deserves to win our mystery prize, but I'm happy for anyone who wins. All right, let's spin the wheel. Let's see what happens. You would think a little bit of the oil that you oiled all over your body would somehow transfer to that wheel and get it a little less squeaky. There is a little bit dripping from my hand, so maybe it'll get quieter as the show goes on. Oh, let's hope. I mean, we can only hope. And also, uh, thanks for that image. Oh, <laughs> let's make it a nude, bronzed, albeit 20 pounds heavier than normal, Micah dripping oil over a handmade wheel of chicken wire and scrap wood. You want to rename the segment to that? <laughs> All right, here. <laughs> Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but you know what? If, if you know, if it floats your boat, I'm in. I'm going to have to get new couch cushions. This is a lot of oil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Final girl round two. Here we go. Alyssa. All right. A gas station attendant says, I wouldn't go down that road if I were you. <laughs> so you turn the car around, even though it disappoints your whole crew. You survived. Oh. Good for you. Smart move. You got to listen to those Harbingers of Doom. That's part of it, man. You, you ignore the Harbinger of Doom, Jason ends up getting you in the face with a machete. You got to listen. You got to listen. You got to listen. All right. Emma Royds. The burnouts invite you to skip class and go smoke weed under the bleachers. But instead, you stay in class and listen to the teachers. You survive. You survive, Emma Royds. I am so excited. Next round for you. Good job. Okay, Jamie Lee, cut us. Your relationship with Trent has gotten hot and heavy, but you decline his invitation to go canoodle in his Chevy. You survived. <laughs> That's a great one. Well done, Micah. I like it. You, uh, you wait. You. You worked Chevy in there? You rhymed Chevy and you said canoodle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For you kids at home, uh, even though we have no young <laughs> listeners, canoodling for, for is you, when you... <laughs> for you out there that are 65 and older, you know what I mean. You know what canoodling is. You know, making out and touching each other, doing some stuff. It could be light petting. It could be heavy petting. Canoodling is kind of a catch-all for, you know, doing things to each other. I'm going to say that if we actually do have young listeners... Explaining canoodling as heavy petting would be just as confusing. You think the kids don't know what heavy petting is? I do not. I don't think anyone says petting in that in that fashion at all. Wow, that's when you know you're getting a little bit older and out of touch is when the, the touchstone that you use so that the youngsters will understand it is also far from the cultural memory. <laughs> 
It's like when you like when you when you like a girl and you take her to the social. Uh, wait, uh, well, when a, a social is what you call, uh, it just gets more and more confusing. All right, so uh, we got one survivor or one. De- oh, we got to get to the death. Let's find out what happens to uh, October. Spoiler alert, Alex. Uh, <laughs> poor October. All right, let's see what happens. October. You know you should be a good girl. And besides, you're on the rag. You should give in and let Bobby finger you in his sleeping bag. Oh, and then you got knifed to death. You're dead, October. So. (laughs) Yes, Alex? So, one, you went the grossest route possible. And then... You didn't rhyme the death. You just rhymed the gross part, and then you're like, and you get knifed to death. And you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the kind of a shame that October died on October, but I guess Yeah, that's for our fitting. October specials. That's, yeah. a, that's unfortunate. Uh, well, thanks for playing October. I do appreciate it. I am uh, very excited that uh, the three that made it through made it through, so that's awesome. Good for you guys. Excited for you. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. All right. center come on down to shaman mashibi's birthday suit naked and we like it yoga that's right all the relaxation and stretching of regular yoga with no clothes on we do it in the naked i won't touch you don't worry this isn't creepy you know unless like you're into it and then you know that Whatever happens, happens, right? I won't touch you unless you want me to. And believe me, you're gonna a wanna. So come on down to Shaman Mashibi's Nudie Tootie Yoga. And again, it's not like a sex thing. I'm I'm licensed. I'm certified in yoga. I mean, yeah, it's just gonna be me and you in an empty studio. Well, it's not actually... It's not exactly a, a yoga studio, but, you know, uh, home is where the, the heart is, and yoga is where you put your body, so we don't need a studio. It's more of an office. I mean, I rented it, but, you know, I use it for yoga, so it, I, I've got, like, lights set up and, and, and soft music, so it's definitely, it's going to feel like a yoga studio, even though it's an office space I rented. But anyway, uh, so come on down, find your center. Let me stretch your body and your mind. Shaman Mashibi Yoga. First session's free. And then maybe the second. You know, just as long as you come. Please come. I know it's not a nice office, but I mean yoga space, but come come to Shaman Mashibi's Yoga. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to Slasher. I hardly know her. You are tuning in for our... Do you tune in? I think you tune in, even if it's a podcast. 
Uh, you are tuning in for our special double feature episode. We're doing Halloween episodes or Halloween-related movies throughout the month of October. And this week, we are, have just uh, done Trick or Treat from 1986. So, to pair it, for this double feature, we are doing Trick or Treat. Now, Trick or Treat uh, is an anthology movie, much loved, made in 2007. I'll give you the uh, rundown real quick. It's not as short as Trick or Treat's uh, rundown was. It's a, a little bit longer, but that it is an anthology. So uh, here's what we have. Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband and a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick-or-treater. That was submitted to IMDb by Anonymous. And I think they do a good uh, good job of this. Um, Micah, I know that you like trick-or-treat. I think most people like trick-or-treat, although I did listen to a podcast about trick-or-treat uh, some time ago, and they didn't like it. Uh, I don't remember what podcast did it. They, they didn't really care for it. I really liked the way it was interwoven. I felt like they spent enough time with each of the stories and and they all play together. Like each runs into the next and they all have some overlap, kind of like a Tarantino movie. Um, and you spend enough time with each of these stories, I think, that you get to know the characters, you get to like the characters, and then in the end, when you see how it all ties together, pretty well done. It's one of my favorite movies to watch at Halloween. I think it's really well done. The actors are great. The music's great. It's shot well. The lighting's good. The special effects. And like they were saying, or you were saying, it's all kind of interwoven. It's all in the same town on the same night, Halloween. And the characters from the different stories will bump into each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, it all works really well as, as a cohesive whole movie rather than just you know separate stories in an anthology. And... Dude, if you haven't seen it, absolutely go see it. I love it. Oops, yeah. I recommended it. I'm not supposed to do that yet. No, no, no. We'll, we'll just cut that right out. Uh, it is, uh, it's kind of got a little something for everybody. You know what I mean? Like when you go into a vampire movie, you know it's going to be a vampire movie. When you go into a slasher, you know it's going to be a slasher. This kind of has it all. I mean, it's got the supernatural. It's got, uh, it's got zombies, basically. It's got uh, werewolves. It's got uh, just normal serial killing, slashing. It's pretty good, man. I mean, like it. That's a what a unique thing to do when you were coming up with the story idea, or when you were pitching this to somebody and saying, you know, I've got this idea for a movie. What's not to like about that? You're really covering your bases horror wise. There's not really a dull moment in this movie either. I guess the only thing they didn't do would be, I don't know, a demon. Uh, yeah. A devil, you know, well, that I mean, kind of supernatural. I would say that it's arguable that Sam is some sort of demon. What Sam, the Sam? little, uh, Sam, the little, you know, kid who is the the poster boy for Trick or Treat. He has the little sack over his head. Where's did the they did they cover all the bases of horror movies? Only thing we didn't do was go to space. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go to space. And they don't have vampires, but they do have a guy dressed as a vampire who you think is a vampire. Yep. At one point, yep. you do think he's a vampire, and then you realize he's not. So uh, getting into this movie, we start out good. A couple coming home from a night <sighs> hey, of... Hey, Alex. Yeah. 
Before we jump into this movie, can you remind me, what year did it come out? What? <laughs> How do I not remember that this is what you're going to do every time? <laughs> All right. Trick or Treat was uh, the standout Halloween hit of 2007, Micah. Was it 2007? It was well, 2007. Well, as luck would have it. As luck would have it, I happen to know a few things that happened in 2007. No, you don't. I do indeed. Right. Let's find out what else was happening in 2007. 2007. All right, big news. Apple Computer announces the release of the very first iPhone. Oh, wow, okay. And a student on the Virginia Tech campus goes on a killing spree, leaving 30 students dead. Why do you and, always have to include those ones? You always include the bad ones, the I'm sad I'm not trying to go ones. dark. It's just, you know, I just go with whatever the biggest news of that year was. The, okay. you know, the ones that had the biggest impact on society. Thank you for I that. Guess. And then finally, the world's most efficient electric car, the Tesla Roadster, was on exhibit at car shows that year. This one sucked. I hate iPhones. I hate murder sprees in real life. And who who can afford a Tesla? 2007. It's kind of cool. I mean, Tesla's come a long way. In 2007, that was the year they had their electric car at car shows. Also, off off mic, though, this is the second time you've mentioned Tesla in this podcast because before we got recorded, started recording, uh, you said that you were getting some kind of audio interference that sounded like someone messing with a Tesla coil. Wow. What do they call that? Synchronicity? They call it whatever you want to. This is Are this we is in the podcast. Twilight Zone? This is for you kids at home. <laughs> the Twilight Zone. <laughs> no, everybody knows the Twilight Zone because all of our listeners are 45 and older. And the kids might know because old Jordan Pill rebooted the Twilight Zone recently. Is that true? How do I not know that? Is that true? I don't know. How do you not know that? I can't remember what network it was on. It might have been CBS, but uh, don't quote me on that. But yeah, Jordan Pill did an update to the Twilight Zone. I don't know if it's still running or what, but I, I tell you seen what, it. I know anybody that uh, likes horror and likes it enough that they're listening to our podcast, you know, a horror review podcast or a movie review podcast. Of course, they know Jordan Peele movies, but man, that guy, that guy is talented. I mean, he makes a solid ass movie. You know, I didn't... What was the movie he did with the family after he did Get Out? What was that called? Us. 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 Um, that movie, I saw the trailer and I was like, well, it doesn't really float my boat. I'm not really in. And my my kid saw it and said, nah, you got to watch it. You, have, you absolutely have to watch it. I was like, ah, yeah, I just don't think I can. And uh, then uh, he convinced me to do it, to actually watch it, and... Once again, Jordan Peele did it. I mean, that guy is so talented. Plus, so funny, right? I mean, Kean Peele was hilarious. Kean Peele was that show. so funny. I mean, yeah, Jordan Peele is amazing, and uh, uh, so maybe that could be one of the things we're into as well. We are into some Jordan Peele. I love it when he did the voice of uh, what was the character? He was a it was a couple fighting. He Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key, and he was Megan. That was it, Megan. And her boyfriend always fighting his voice. He does an excellent voice for Megan. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar, but. Uh, She's yeah. just always really upset. She's really mad. <laughs> She's really upset at her boyfriend. Do the voice real quick so I can hear it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you you so mean the one I just did? That one you want me to do it again? Oh, that oh, I I just thought you were eating something. Um you know, I was about to jump right into the movie, uh you know, before you uh informed us about all the horrible things that happened in 2007, I do want to point out again, I hate iPhones. So you're saying that the iPhone coming out was a horrible thing. Do you think it's wrecked our society? Is it ruining our minds? No, I think iPhones suck. iPhones are pieces of crap. Get an Android, folks. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to know what phone to buy, don't buy an iPhone. You're In two years, your battery won't stay charged anymore. You can't change it. It'll have all kinds of glitches. They'll force updates on you. I hate iPhones. I'll never own one again in my life. Um, but before... We got into that. I was going to jump into the movie. Do you know what I'd like to jump into, Micah? What's that, Alex? The next round of Final Girl. Is it time for another round already? Let's see here. Round three. We've already lost two two wonderful people. And they made I, some mistakes and because they, I mean, of they paid you know, with their people lives. People make mistakes. Unfortunately, these mistakes killed these people. October is dead. Becca uh, Bushburn before. Too hard. Now heads. we have three left. Let's spin that wheel you and find s- out what happens. You ready to spin that wheel with your oily body? <laughs> now spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round three. Here we go. Jamie Lee Cuttis. All right. She made it. There's a flash, I think. <laughs> I'm going to say she made it. There's a flask full of cheap whiskey being passed around. But when the gang gets pushy and calls you a prude, you throw it to the ground. Survived. These, these rhymes are meandering as we go along. It's a, there are twists and turns that get us to these rhymes. Emma Royds. A Yay! party at the lake. Sounds like fun, but everyone there will be soused. So you opt to ho- <laughs> so you opt to stay at home and help your mom clean the house. <laughs> you survived. Do you know how many people will not know what soused means? I think my grandmother soused. taught me what soused means. Soused means drunk. Okay, so emeroids made it. That's good news, though. I think Alyssa. this might be her week. You never know. It's all up to the wheel. The squeaky wheel of death. (laughs) Okay, Alyssa. Teddy says you're being a tease and that if you stop, he'll get blue balls. So you give your very first BJ, then get your throat slit in the hall. You're dead. Sorry, Alyssa. There's there's no cadence to these rhymes. There's... it's. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, there are words in them that would rhyme with each other said in the proper order, but all right. You want to read that one again? Read that one uh, again. You want another? Let's do a do-over. Do I need to try to get try it again. more better really rhythm? Get in that rhythm. Teddy says you're being a tease and that if you stop, he'll get blue balls. So you give your very first BJ, then get your throat slit in the hall. That's way better. I am so sorry you died, but, but that was what a way to go. What a way to go! And he just throws a slit in the hall because still got a mouthful of Teddy when you get your 
throat slid open. Blood and other Why things came out of your throat. A mouthful of Teddy is the worst sentence said on this podcast yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst one we've heard you yet. You know, the blowjob might have been so recent that when she got her throat slit, other things might have come out of her airway. You know, not you know, just blood. You know, you don't have to up the ante. I, I know you took that as a challenge up the ante. I, I want you to not take that as a challenge. You, it was fine the way it was. So you're saying you weren't throwing down the gauntlet. I was not throwing down the gauntlet. My God, what a bastard am I? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so let's get into this movie. I spend most of this podcast saying, so let's get back to the movie. Uh, you know, you, you sound like a regular guy for most of the podcast, but whenever we come back from the break, it's it's total FM DJ. Welcome back <laughs> yeah, to the Slasher it's, 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 the the it's the character I'm playing. Welcome back to the show, Slasher I Hardly Know Her. It's time to get into our movie, Trick or Treat. And then once we start talking, you, you're just normal. You're just normal. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a man of many talents. You do have <laughs> a lot of normal voice talents I didn't know be, about until be, we started doing this. Be normal is one of them. Uh, so our our first scene is a husband and wife coming back from a night of trick-or-treat debauchery. He's in a, a really silly uh, like cardboard robot costume. And they've got great Halloween decorations, all these... Uh, these ghosts on like pikes in there, these sheet covered ghosts on pikes in their yard. And she's like, I'm going to take all this down. He's like, ah, nah, you know, we'll do it in the morning. And he's like, nah, she says, no, you won't. And so she starts taking them down. And I love the tension they build because every time she whips a sheet off, you know, there's going to be somebody under there that kills her. You just know it's going to happen. I got just, the the everything looked beautiful in this movie. I mean, the lighting, this Halloween setup, this street where she's ripping the sheets off of the the decorations in front of their house. It 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 all looks beautiful, man. It's it was really high quality music, lighting, cinematography, and the acting. I'm really happy with this movie. And I feel I'm a little uh, ashamed that I didn't know this. Uh, I recognized her. I mean, she's somebody. Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. So I don't know what I know her from, but I recognized her. Beautiful She's been woman. in a bunch of stuff for years. Beautiful lady. Plays part well. She is stabbed to death. Uh, and her husband, while her husband sits up in the uh, bedroom waiting to have sex, watching porn. Because that's how they get ready. He, they go a, in, they, right. they flip on a movie, and, and that's what he she falls says. asleep. She says, uh, go put on the tape. And so she starts taking down the decorations while he goes and puts on the tape and gets good and ready. Uh, he falls asleep, and then when he comes out, he finds her, like, crucified uh, out on one of those pikes. Like, pretty pretty gruesome. It, it looks good. It looks really good. And then we get to, and then it says, then that's when you really realize this isn't the story, this is an anthology, because then it, it prints out earlier. And so then we go to a scene earlier uh, and oh, and it's all done in like you know comic book text. Yeah, very with the little blocks. Definitely an homage to Creepshow, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I really like that. They didn't really hold on to it though. I mean, like you know, Creepshow kind of does it. They they stick with that comic book style. Halloween didn't really, or uh, Trick or Treat rather, didn't really do this. Uh, they start with it, you see it a little bit, and then they end with it. It's not it's not really throughout the movie that comic book style thing. 
it seems like they're going to give you camp, but then they deliver on the thrills, man. It, it's, it's, yeah, there's some humor in this movie for sure. It's got some funny parts. Yeah. But damn, is it dark and damn, is it, they pulled it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I've seen this movie a million times. Everybody's seen this movie a million times. And if you haven't, just, you know, you don't even have to wait for our recommendation. Go get it. It's a great movie. But uh, I look forward, like you said, to watching it every year. And I just watched it last week for this podcast. I'd go watch it again right now. I would go watch it again right now, and I hear, I hear some 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 buzzing in the uh, the world of scary movies that maybe just maybe I don't know if it's confirmed we might see a trick or treat part two. I hope we do. I mean, I've heard about that for years that there there's definite uh, interest in making another one. We know it was a success, right? I mean, surely it was. I, I don't know what the you know box office gross or anything was. I'll look that up, but uh, it's. I feel like it would do well, right? If they made another one, I can only assume the reason they haven't is because they just can't get some piece they want. There's some actor that's too busy or there's some director that's too busy or something. This uh, this movie in particular, uh, you know, the first one directed by Michael Doherty, who he also wrote it. And, you know, that guy's kind of a powerhouse, at least in my opinion. I mean, what this guy puts together is good stuff. He's the guy that did Krampus. Uh, I know, you know, not everybody loved Superman Returns, but he did that. I thought, and he did know. one of the King Kong movies, right? Uh, what was it? King Kong, God of the Monsters. He did Godzilla like versus Kong. He was the he like wrote that one, and then he did Godzilla, King of the Monsters. He also that's wrote the that. one. That's yeah. the one. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And you know, I like Krampus too. I mean, I think Krampus is a a great movie. Well, hoping here's hoping that old Michael Doherty ends up doing part two of Trick or Treat and can capture the magic again. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm eating in the mic now. What are you eating? I honestly don't know what I'm eating. My wife brought me. You know these. we're recording, right? You know <laughs> that we've we've pushed the big red button at this point. Oh, and uh, oh, you hit record already? Yeah, it's already happening. Well, what are you crap. What are you having? Hold on, I'm Let just me... gonna I'm gonna guess that you're eating uh, ranch flavored corn nuts. <laughs> Did I hit the nail right on the head? You got it, baby. You got it. So that's when we we go to the costume shop. We, we've seen this wife killed. We go to the costume shop. That's where we meet uh, Anna Paquin's character. She's kind of a demure uh, teenage girl or young adult, I guess. She's probably not a teenager. And all her friends are, you know, real outgoing and sexy. They're buying these sexy costumes at a costume shop. Uh, she, one of them flirts with the guy selling the costumes and invites him to a party later. So you know that's going on. And, and the whole kind of story there is, you know, you got to meet a guy. You got to get a guy in a pack when, you know, do that. But she's all shy or whatever. That's really all we get there. Then we meet uh, the principal, the high school principal. He's at his house. He's uh, kind of a creepy guy. He's, he's a guy you see in a lot of stuff. I don't know what else. And he meets this kid. This kid comes, I guess, to trick or treat or something. And he knows the kid because he's a high school or he's not maybe he's not a high school principal. I don't know. He's a principal of some sort. He knows this kid. He invites him up. He's like, here, have some candy. And what does he I mean? He gives the kid a candy bar. But I, I guess the candy bar is poison. Is that right? I guess. In fact, I thought that the kid was just had eaten too much candy at first and that he was vomiting up chocolate. But then later you see blood on uh, Principal Wilkins clothes and so I, I don't know exactly what happened there. I'm assuming he poisoned the candy. It's a lot uh, of vomit. 
But wait. That's right. There's another tradition. A very important one. Always check your candy. Trick or... And it just keeps going. Even after he's picked him up and carries him in the house, he's throwing up more onto the, the guy who... Uh, that dude that played principal, uh, I think he was the guy that played the pedophile in an indie movie from way back when called Happiness. I recognize him. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. It was a Todd Solondz movie. Uh, you know, kind of a, a tough one to watch, but it may have been one of the movies that put Todd Solondz on the map and he got to keep making more and more offensive movies after that. But uh, anyway, he was good actor. And that, that seems disgusting. That scene is disgusting. He carries his body in, then takes him to the backyard to bury him where there's a hole already dug, but also somebody already in the hole. There's already a, a body in there. Yeah, who, who do we think that is? Do we think that's the mom, or do we think that's just another kid? I don't think I thought I thought it was another kid. I don't I don't think we know who it is, but I thought it was another kid that was in there. And uh, that kid's not dead, right? I mean, doesn't that kid kind of like he, wake up? Well, it's it, they're covered by a sheet. He's got him, and he throws the kid into this grave that he's dug and at which point a character that we're going to see later they're interacting which is kind of what's cool about trick brian or treat cox. Is you, you, you you come back to this scene yeah brian cox who's a great actor who played the <laughs> was he the captain in uh, uh super troopers yes yes he was he was like the chief or whatever in super troopers and uh but he was i mean he also plays serious roles wasn't he in the the board movies He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, I think he was in the Bourne movies. Yeah, he was he was in the Bourne. He's a he's a great character actor, a really good actor, and I believe got I don't know about top billing, but got very high on the list. I mean, when you see the stars of this movie, it's Anna Paquin and it's Brian Cox. The kid keeps waking up, so Brian Cox got him in the grave. He keeps waking up, and then he, I guess he's just hitting him with a shovel and stepping on him, and then, and then finally, the, the kid is dead. The physics uh, of that did bother me. The way he's hitting him with the shovel, like he's he's confined in this little hole in the ground. I don't think he could get that full swing. It like the whole time I was thinking this this doesn't work, but it it you know it was what it was. If he was trying to get the kid knocked out or kill him, he wasn't doing a very good job. No, and his neighbor catches him. And it's like, what are you doing in that hole? That's Brian Cox, um, and he. What I like here is again how they're going to tie the anthology together you've now introduced you know brian cox who's just this you know curmudgeon of an old man and uh for you uh listeners at home a curmudgeon is what you are because all our <laughs> listeners are over 65 but um that's not true just very small amount uh anyway so what i like is at some point in this scene or maybe a little bit later or whatever uh, the principal's going into his house. He he comes out to the front porch to look at something. He goes in, and Brian Cox is next door, banging on the window of his own home, 
from inside and saying, help me, help me, help me. And the principal says something like, you know, fuck you, loser, or whatever, and goes in his house. And that's going to come back later. We're going to see what was happening. And then we see, like, some thing swoop across the window and, like, take Brian Cox to the ground. And uh, But we don't know what it is. And we'll, we'll learn that later, which is, uh, again, I think it would be so hard to write a movie like this. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you and I have done some writing together. Having the forethought of, oh, we'll see this here, but we'll explain it later, and this ties to this, that's got to be a difficult task. Yeah, man. I mean, they tied it up really nicely, too. I, I, it would be hard. I think we could do it, though. Yeah, and, you know, you write that first draft, and you go back, and how do we tie these two together, and how do we tie that together? Oh, I know they can be neighbors. He can see him when he's doing the thing. I know uh, you and I are currently writing a movie together. Uh, maybe we should scrap that project and write an anthology real quick. You know, All right, let's do that. I bet an anthology would be easy. You'd get the stories, right? You'd write the story. I have this idea. I have this idea. I have this idea. Then you'd figure out how to tie them together, like you said. Sure, uh, sure. We could Gotta do that. Blow through that first draft. We could do well, that. Well, as luck would have it here, I have a freshly sharpened pencil if you'd like to begin at this moment. <laughs> All right, stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so we, we're we're on we're still on the story of the dad and the the chocolate or blood vomiting uh, heavy set boy who's in the grave, and then we cut. Is this where we go to the next scene where they're downstairs and he's with his son in the basement? I don't think we're there yet. We do. do we come in, back to that in this scene. We do realize he has a son because his son is yelling while he's in the grave trying to bury this kid and kill this kid actually and bury the other kid. His son comes to an upstairs window and is like, Dad, I'm home for trick-or-treating. I want to carve the jack-o'-lantern. And his kid could not be more annoying. That's the one thing I would cut out of this movie. I suppose they made him annoying on purpose, but I hated that little boy. <laughs> the I mean, the I father's very annoyed with his son as well. So, yes. yeah, I think he was supposed to be annoying. And you kind of think that the father's going to kill the son. and But he says, yeah, just go in, be quiet, shut up. We'll, you know, we'll... And he's trying to shut him up. He's saying shut up because... You know, he doesn't want the kid making noise and, and attracting attention to the fact that he's burying a kid in his backyard. But uh, so that we do know he has a son. What we cut to next is the other kids. Remember, there's a, like a group of four or five kids, a little kid, probably, I don't know what, 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And they're going around and trying to collect jack-o'-lanterns before they go to the rock quarry. That's That's where we go now. Oh, and it should be noted that if you, you die in trick-or-treat, it's because you broke some kind of Halloween rule. Yeah. Uh, like you didn't leave your jack-o'-lanterns lit all night. Or the, the little boy who's vomiting, he was breaking jack-o'-lanterns. So you have to have committed some kind of crime that's against the rules of Halloween for something to happen to you. Yeah, those rules aren't really... Everybody's getting payback. They're not really set out. There's not... I mean, it's not like... We all know the rules of Halloween, but they're they're kind of hinted to like the first couple, the lady who gets it by the ghost, uh, like he, he, she blows out the jack-o'-lantern at the house and her husband's like, oh, wait, don't do that. That's bad luck. You're supposed to burn it all night. And so there's that. And yeah, the, the kid is crushing jack-o'-lantern. So it's not like rules we know, like we use for Final Girl. The, they're not the known horror movie rules, but yeah, yeah. You, if you did, if you broke some rule, you do get killed, although it gets a, it gets a, I don't know, it gets a little wishy-washy. I mean, because we're on these kids now, these little guys that are getting jack-o'-lanterns to go down to the rock quarry. All they do is, I mean, they play a pretty mean joke on a little girl. 
So I'm not sure how that's breaking a, a Halloween rule. Did they steal these jack-o'-lanterns? No, they asked for donations, asked, right? Yeah, they asked for them. They might have stolen some. I don't know. But they were actually going to people and saying, can we take your jack-o'-lantern? It's a scavenger hunt. I guess they were lying. But again, I don't know that... I mean, I don't know what the Halloween rules are. It's not set out. Maybe it's... You know, maybe it appears in the, the comic book scenes that uh, precede the movie itself. Maybe there's a shot or something. I don't know. Mm. So the kids, they're collecting the jack-o'-lanterns, and then they bring some kids along, uh, a little girl, who they're the mean kids. They're kind of bullies, especially that little blonde so-and-so. Oh, I don't like that girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, she rubbed me the wrong way. You know what she needed? She needed to get grounded, Alex. What? She needed to get grounded. What are we talking her about? Her parents needed to ground her. Who? Which one? She mis... The blonde girl who is heading oh. up the collection yeah. of the jack-o'-lanterns. She's a jerk. A she, real jerk She head. seems like she's a sweet girl, you know, when she's talking to the parents and stuff. She ends up just being awful. She's she's this movie's bully. <laughs> she is, though. Because they she go, really is. They go collect that little girl from her house. They're like, hey, you know, come with us. We're going down to the quarry for this thing. And she's, this girl's a little strange. She's... Uh, kind of odd, and but real sweet, dressed as a witch, and they take her down to the quarry, which is weird because obviously these kids know each other, and she's not one of the friends, you know, she's not one of the group. But she goes with them, and they tell they're going to leave these jack o' lanterns by the edge of the quarry because of this horrible thing that happened years ago, and it was a it was a a bus driver who took kids to like a special need school I guess I mean these kids had special needs and they're all dressed in costume and the story is that parents the parents were so sick of their special needs children that they paid the bus driver to drive them into the quarry and kill them this is many many decades ago right and uh, so they do that Uh, they show that scene this is the story the little kids are telling is uh, about you know decades ago when this happened and uh in that scene, one of the kids, you know, realizes what's going on, that the bus driver is going to kill him or something. And he tries to get a hold of the bus. And all the kids are chained into the bus, too, which was just completely dark. And he, th- that kid is, escapes his chains, gets to the front of the bus. But if he's a little kid, he doesn't know how to drive a bus. And he actually drives it into the quarry and everyone dies. But the bus driver was never heard from again and never found. Yeah, they don't talk about that. Well, they, you don't know what's going on with the bus driver. Right. I didn't even know for sure if he got out in that scene anyway. Right. We don't know. We will find out, however. That's when we go back to Anna Paquin, who, uh, again, her friends, hot, just outgoing, getting guys, doing what they're doing. And we should point out, this how this town is the Halloween town. Huge carnival, huge parade. I mean, this town celebrates Halloween like no other. I would, this is the town of my dreams. I would live in this town day in and day out and be the happiest man. Not only is it a beautiful town, but boy, they do up Halloween good. So this whole party is going on. Just the whole town is partying. And uh, I love, they're just really pressuring poor little demure Anna Paquin. You got to get a guy. You got to get a guy. And this is the scene where she's looking baby all right sorry uh she's looking at every single guy 
and like, oh, is this the guy? Like, she's she's willing to take anything at this point, which I think is ridiculous because, you know, Anna Paquin, arguably, I mean, I guess she's not everybody's cup of tea, but she's a beautiful woman. Are you still there? Oh, are we recording? <laughs> I fell asleep. I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, yeah, Anna Paquin, and she has to find a dude, and I think she finally finds a guy, right? Uh, she does not. The vampire fella. That guy attacks her in the woods later. Oh, that's right, because they had the big guy waiting for her back at the party who was dressed as a baby yes. uh, with a giant lolly. Yes. And then the, uh, the quote-unquote vampire follows her on her way to this party in the forest. And during this big festival that they're having in the town, this big Halloween festival, uh, we this girl is walking through an alley and she's you know starts making out with this guy dressed as a vampire and then he reveals his teeth and he bites into her and he you realize he's a real vampire real vampire and uh because because it's this you know macabre fest that they're having you know she runs out into the street for help you know blood pouring from her and everybody just thinks it's a costume that she's drunk and uh i like that scene it was pretty dark because the vampire then just puts her on a uh a bench right in front of everybody. He's completely killed her basically in front of everyone and then just leaves her on a bench with all these, with hundreds of people around because nobody notices because it's this, you know, amazing Halloween festival. I thought that was really cool. Just looks like another costume. Just looks like another costume. Um, We're going to be talking about this movie until tomorrow. um, If we go through it scene by scene. I don't think we've gone through it scene by scene necessarily, but I do think it's probably a good time for a break. Then we can wrap this guy up and do the final round of Final Girl. All right. <laughs> You're so down to food restaurant we've got restaurant food and we make good food at restaurant you can sit at our restaurant eat our food food restaurant that has good food it's got big foods and small foods come down to food restaurant eat our food we've got food restaurant restaurant food food restaurant and specials we've got special specials of food that you can order that are special then you eat the food with your mouth full at food restaurant come to food restaurant food restaurant and if you don't like our food you can eat at another restaurant because other restaurants have food if you like our food you can eat here too but you can also eat there at food restaurants at food restaurants with food for your mouth hole mouth hole mouth hole food restaurant we've got good food restaurant restaurant food food restaurant come on Welcome back to Slasher. I hardly know her. I'm your host. Oh, you didn't do the voice. (laughs) Yeah, I purposely didn't do a DJ voice because you (laughs) called me out on it. So I wanted to go. I wanted to go with the the, somber voice, and you came back with the laid back FM DJ this time. Yeah, little NPR in your ears. Um, Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to. a horror movie review podcast. We hope you're feeling we, good today. We decide uh, whether this movie is worth your precious time. Now, what are we going to be cooking today? You've got a reduction going over there. 
I'll tell you what we're cooking today, Micah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in this, this is our last uh, segment of the show. So, of course, we will reveal the winner of the Final Girl Challenge, but we'll uh, switch that around, do that at the end of this segment. Uh, right now, let's just get right back into the movie and, uh, you know, where we left off. Anna Paquin is looking for a man to take back to this party with all of her hot, outgoing friends. Uh, these kids uh, are at the quarry uh, giving jack-o'-lanterns as a kind of a offering to the children who died decades earlier in a bus crash. And uh, our principal has buried a uh, child in his backyard and poor Brian Cox. Uh, we don't know what happened to him. We just know something was attacking him in his house. So these kids, uh, these kids tell the story about this uh, truck uh, bus driver that drove, or you know, these kids and the bus driver that were driven into this quarry and died. And uh, they're going to go down this elevator in the quarry and take the jack lanterns and leave them by the side. So they all go in separate group so the first group is like three kids they go down they're going oh, no, no, you gotta wait and that that group is the little girl who isn't really a part of the group she's a little strange and then another kid who is part of this group but arguably nicer than the rest of them and uh so they go down on the second uh elevator ride down to the bottom of the quarry and when they get down there these kids have put on zombie masks and are terrifying them. It, it also, was, they can scare the the little girl who's kind of the outcast, the quiet girl. Yeah, just, They're just doing for a that. nasty, nasty trick on her. Mm-hmm. But, and they come back as ghosts, but then something happens. Some of them actually go missing. The little girl gets knocked down into a creek, hits her head. Yes. And then uh, that's when they, they, sh- they get back up, and it's her and the little boy, and they're trying to get away, and something happens to everybody. And then we see that the the quarry kids, the kids that were on the bus, have come back as, I don't know, we want to call them zombies. That's what I'm and saying. And they're real. I mean, they're coming back, and they I think they kill everybody except the little girl. She gets away, and the little boy, right? Is he the one who tries to get on the elevator with her? At the end, and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and leave everybody behind. Yeah, well, the the handsome little boy. Who, That's right. Who was a part of the trick, but was also kind of nice. He's the guy that, you know, she's so upset when they they pull the trick and scare her uh, that he's like, guys, you know, we got to stop. We got to stop. So you, you're like, oh, okay, he has a heart. But he did, I mean, he was, he knew what was going to happen. He was um, involved in the original prank. And so when the zombies, the actual zombies, are coming to kill these kids out of the quarry, uh, the little odd girl gets into the elevator, closes the door, and he pleads with her, please let me in. What are you doing? What are you doing? And she just hits the up button. Too little, too late, buddy. you got to die. And then on her way out uh, of the quarry, she sees Sam, the little kid with the, the, you know, potato sack on his head or whatever. And Sam kind of is the thing that ties all of this anthology together. Sam is always where these things are happening. He is. is he, I, it makes you wonder, is Sam pulling all the strings? I think Sam is some kind of... I don't know that he's the one doing it, but he seems to be the the orchestrator on in this realm of, of he, whatever greater thing is happening. He seems to be the spirit of Halloween yeah. and, and all the bad things and good things that happen. 
Yeah. And so now we actually, Anna Paquin has not found a man to bring to the party. Although, as you said, they do have one for her, a big fat guy in a baby costume who's real drunk. <laughs> uh, and she's walking through the woods and going to this big party they're having out in the woods. And she is accosted by that vampire that we saw earlier. Who we think is a real vampire. We think he's a real vampire. There's no reason he wouldn't be. And he gets her. Right? He, and then we cut away. Then we cut to the party where she actually shows up with him. And now this demure little uh, girl who couldn't find a guy is, you know, sexed up and glammed up. She looks, she's got like, you know, dark eyeliner on. All of a sudden, Anna Paquin looking amazing and, and very confident. And she's brought this guy to the party and uh, kind of throws him on the ground. And they're like, what the hell is happening? They, uh, one of the girls goes down, sees his vampire teeth, and it's like, what's going on? Pulls them off. They're not real teeth. He's not a real vampire. Takes the mask off because he's wearing a mask. Guess who it is? Ew, it's the principal. It's the serial killing principal. And I, you know, I almost forget that every time I watch this movie. Uh, and so then, I, you want to describe this scene because... <laughs> <laughs> this scene's bonkers. It is bonkers. It came out of nowhere. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, it, it's a not just because of all the nudity, but it is. Uh, it kind of comes out of left field. You think these are just teenage girls going to party or twenty year olds going to party? Uh, it is not that. And you think that Paquin's kind of like a final girl, you know, like mm -hmm. she's the good mm -hmm. one, the quiet, she's going to survive, and then turns out. Uh, I don't know. Everything goes crazy. There's fire, there's flames. And then it's just an orgy of murder. When we find out that all these party girls, including Anna Paquin are werewolves. My, my, what big eyes you They grow teeth and fur and claws, and they just start murdering everybody, including the poor principal. He gets he gets his. Really, a uh, I thought that the way they transform into werewolves was a real callback, or it was very reminiscent, at least, of American Werewolf in London. Didn't you think? I knew you were going to say that. It kind of yeah, looked yeah. like it. It had that look, but a, an updated version of that look. And I don't mean the look of American Werewolf in Paris, where obviously that was an updated look from London because it was done in the 90s. That that looked cr like crap. I, I watched American Werewolf in Paris just this week because it was on, you know, Tubi or something. And, uh, man, they were going for those digital effects way before they had the technology. That looked they did a hell of a job, dude. Some of those transformations in American Werewolf in Paris are amazing. I mean, in London. 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 Paris it does not look good at all. Paris looks like a bad video game. Um, yeah, yeah, London. It was all like physical effects. It was all practical. It looked the good. slaughtered lamb. That's the name of the bar in, in American Werewolf. Yes, that's a man. That's a fantastic movie. My kid loves that movie. It's one of it's. It's a favorite for sure. Um, and this looked like that. I forget. I also that one of the things I is I seem to forget every year when I watch this movie is that they're werewolves. I always think they're witches. I mean, I think at this point I'll remember because this time I'd really think it, 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 it hit home that they're werewolves, but I always think they're going to be witches. They're not. You'll probably forget again. Alzheimer's is like that. 
Yeah, I hope so. Uh, so now we're going to go to the end of this film. And that is the Brian Cox story. He has a sad life. Seems like he's an alcoholic, maybe a bit of a hoarder, lives alone with his dog. And uh, I don't know, you want to describe this one? He's the definition of curmudgeon. He, yes. uh, he's in there. He, uh, he just grunts and growls at people. I screw you. And uh, he's, he's sitting by his fireplace. He's got these old black and white photos that he's tossing into the fire. They don't really show us what these are at this point. Uh, but then I think it was to show how sad he was. He's burning his own pictures for heat. His memories he's burning to warm his home. See, I thought that we were supposed to later believe that he was getting rid of pictures of anything that had to do with him being a bus driver and the kids in the bus. Micah, I bet you're right. How did I not catch on to that? I bet you're right. Cause I mean, spoiler alert. He's the bus driver. He's the bus driver. We don't know that yet. He's going to get his. I think, does he get killed before we ever find out he was the bus driver? Yes, he's dead. And then I think we see the picture of him with the kids or something. I, I don't remember exactly. But yes, he's dead when we and realize. he gets killed by Sam himself. Yeah, Sam takes, when we, so, you know, call back to the scene earlier that we were talking about when the principal's going in and you can see Brian Cox at his own window yelling for help and something gets him. It's Sam. Uh, this is, I think, well, it's not the only kill that Sam does in the, sh- in, in the movie, but this is really where we actually see Sam for the first time taking part in and uh, he takes off that mask yeah. and you see he's not just a creepy kid he's, he's a, actually some kind of demon yeah he's entity. a demon thing and i guess is it sam that actually does the killing of the bus driver because the bus driver opens up the door and is that when we see the actual kids from the bus coming onto his doorstep yeah the real the real ghost or zombies from the bus here yeah. to kill sam uh you know sam tries to stab him with his little uh, jack-o'-lantern sucker, but uh, Brian Cox actually shoots him with a... with a. We have a nice scene there where Brian Cox shoot, shoots him with a shotgun, and then Sam's hand gets cut off or whatever, and then it reattaches itself. I mean, there's a whole thing going on, but yes, you're right. It's the kids from the bus that come to kill the bus driver, but that is when we see Sam notice the woman from the very start of the movie who's coming back with her husband and about to take her out uh, down the Halloween decorations, he says, don't blow out the candle in that jack-o'-lantern. It's bad luck. Sam hears it, and he runs across the street. So we, so we know it's Sam that actually kills her. And the end of the movie takes you back to the very beginning. God, yes. they did such a great job such on the good, structure of this movie. Just a solidly, solidly good movie. So, I mean, I'm going to ask it, Micah, but would you recommend this movie? I would absolutely, without a doubt, recommend this movie. Not only watch it once, watch it every Halloween. Yeah. This is a classic. This is a, What about you? Would you recommend it? Yo, no, 100%. I mean, hands down, this is... Uh, anybody that didn't like this movie but is a horror fan didn't pay attention. Can go straight to hell. Well, <laughs> yeah, they go straight to hell. Uh, I, I just think that if, you, if you're if you a horror fan and you, li- you didn't like this movie, then you didn't watch it because there's a lot there. I mean, like, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss stuff. You'll miss those, how one scene connects to the other and all, all this world they've created 
if you don't pay attention, you will miss it, and you will pick up on more of it every time you watch it. I catch something new every time I watch this. But yeah, hands down, I'd recommend this movie. Uh, I guess we got to award it something. What do you want to award, Micah? What's the award this time? How many? Man, this is one of my favorites. Uh, it's it's up there. I'm going to give... Wait, what are we giving it? No, that's what I'm asking you. What are we giving it? What's, what's... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Half-bitten jack-o'-lantern lollipop? Hey, that's what I was going to go with. <laughs> so how many half-bitten jack-o'-lantern lollipops would you give Trick or Treat? I got to give it an 8.5. Eight and a half. Wow. Eight and a half. It's a great move. I like it. All right, Alex, I'm about to do something I've never done. Oh. I'm going to give Trick or Treat 10 out of 10 half-eaten jack-o'-lantern lollipops. Whoa. Seriously? It's one of my favorites. I don't think you can do much better. Oh, wow. That's high praise coming from you. Yeah, man. I love this one. That is high praise coming from you. Well, all right. I, I Hell, just based on that, I might have to watch it again this year. Do it. Do it. Uh, do it. <laughs> do it. Hey, do we want to do the uh, the crunchiest kill? Uh, all right, let's, uh, yeah, okay, let's do the crunchiest kill. Ah! Crunchiest kill. Uh, this is tough. There's a lot of good kills in this. There are a lot of good kills in this. Um, what do you think the best one is? I mean, my God, you got the poor boy vomiting chocolate or blood or whatever that is, mm, and we didn't even one. talk about his final scene, which it turns out they've got his head yeah. on a platter in their basement. Yeah, the whole I mean, time that the... kid is like, I want to carve the jack-o'-lantern. I want to carve the jack-o'-lantern. He was actually talking about that little boy's head. The, the kid is also a serial killer. That principal's son is a, a little demon of his own. Um, you got Leslie Bibb crucified at the very beginning? I'd say that's probably the crunchiest, just you know, because it is brutal and it is uh, epic. But if I had to award it, I'm going to give it to one you're not going to think it's going to be that girl in the alley who the vampire is making out with because it's just so dark that he kills her in front of everyone and then puts her on the bench in front of everyone but because of this bananas ass halloween town no one realizes it's just so right out in the open it's so dark and so creepy to think that that could happen i think that's what i'm giving grunchy's kill to that is pretty nasty. Uh, and I also, I mean, I love the scene with Brian Cox in the house. That goes on forever of just him fighting, fighting he's Sam. He's so uh, good. And, you know, he's not recognizable in that. I think they put a prosthetic on his face because it, you watch it the whole time. You're like, is that Brian Cox? And it was. Uh, it's just uh, he looked a little different, I think. I think they must have put a prosthetic on him. I like your pick. I don't want to pick the same one as you, so I'm going to go with the bonkers death of Principal Wilkins there at, at the, uh, the the werewolf yeah. orgy murder scene that's nowhere. so bonkers. Yeah, that's a good one. That is definitely because you just you just didn't know what was going to happen. And then when you see what's happening, you're like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, that was a good one for sure. That was definitely a good one. All right, Micah. You know what time it is. Let's do the final girl challenge. Let's see who our final girl is. All right, let me spin that wheel. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Now, hurry. now spin the wheel. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. Let me pop this open and take a look. Okay, 
What on the wheel do you have to pop open? It's a, it's a wheel hatch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's pop open that wheel hatch and see who our final girl is. All right. Emma Royds. Oh, is it going to be Survivor? Is it going to be Death? Let's find out. Emma, you get double teamed by Ralph and uh, Eddie in the bathroom oh, at the no. dance. <laughs> she didn't make it. <sighs> I <All right>. s- <laughs> okay, go ahead. Start over. Start over. Okay, Emma, you get double teamed by Ralph and Eddie in the bathroom at the dance. Then later that night, the killer hangs you from the rafters by a noose made of your own pants. You are dead. <laughs> Emma Roy. Emma Roy comes back every week and never made, almost, almost made it. It's gotta happen. It's I mean, there's happen. only Please five contestants. Submitting. Eventually, eventually, Emma Roy's is gonna gonna win. Didn't you slash Harry did, Balsania slash Pizza Boy? And and what's this the person's uh, Twitter name? Something about the where's HS? the horror yeah, where's section? Where's the horror section? Which didn't, is worth checking out. Didn't you say that uh, where's the horror section made some showed some interest in actually being a guest on the podcast? Yes, and we showed some interest back yeah. in, in getting him on here at some point. I think we have to. He's he's definitely a fan of the show. He or she is definitely a fan of the show, uh, but really knows knows their horror. And uh, <laughs> I guess at some point we gotta maybe offer a guest appearance as a consolation prize because he <laughs> just cannot survive Final Girl. He will eventually. His time's coming. I mean, the will the will doesn't play favorites, but eventually. It certainly does win, not. Right? So uh, let's hear about that final girl. All right. Jamie Lee Cuttis. Oh, we'll that was a good one, to too. <laughs> well, it's like this. Jamie has been dating uh, Kevin for a long time. They've been dating for three and a half years. And, you know, they what make out sure. What is happening here? The clothes come off and... Uh, it started to get hot and heavy a couple times, but Jamie's just like, no, I'm, you know, listen, what Kevin, we you know I have, I have feelings for you. You know I love you. I just, I'm not ready, and if you could just wait until I'm ready. And Kevin's like, baby, it's been three years. Did you just not I have love time you. to like, write a When rhyme? is this going to happen? And, you know, I've got feelings. You've got feelings. What are we waiting for? And Jamie's like, I know, I know, I love you too, but I just, I'm not ready for this. And Kevin walks away disappointed, <laughs> but they're still together. So Jamie Lee Cuttis, you survived. <laughs> what happened you are there? this week's final girl. <laughs> uh, what the hell happened? Did you just run out of rhymes on this one? You just you just didn't have enough. Uh, well, here's what the note says: Go into a long conversation <laughs> between <laughs> between Jamie and Kevin. That ends with her deciding not to have sex with him. Uh, another nod to Norm MacDonald. You meandered your way <laughs> to the end there. All right. Well, Jamie, uh, hopefully you're listening to the episode. Uh, we don't contact you. We want to make sure you listen. So as soon as you hear that you won, contact Micah or the Slasher uh, uh, Instagram account. We will send out your mystery prize. It's cool. Micah loves it. And you know, I love it. As much as you griped, Micah, about not having one, and I joked and said I did, I don't actually have one. 
I don't even have one of these mystery prizes myself. You need to have one for yourself. You've got to save one for you. I have Are one. Are you that, that author that sells all of his books and doesn't save one for himself? I and guess then it dies? is. I guess I've never made myself one. Uh, but I will say that uh, Jamie Lee Cuttis's is already made. It's ready to go out in the mail. It's it, it, it's it's sitting there. I do have to all make right, the package. All right, Jamie Lee. All you got to do. You just got to jump on Instagram, direct messages, say, hey, I listened to the show. I know I'm the winner, and then uh, we'll send you that prize. And if any of you at home are going to help us out, I mean, sure, you can donate to the podcast. That's an option. If you go to our page, click our link, there's a, you know... Uh, a little help support us link that would be great. Give us 50 Give us cents. your lunch money. Yeah, give us anything you can because it, 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 believe it or not, it actually costs money to make this podcast. But what we really want and what would really help us out is if you rate us. Just rate us as highly as you deem fit, uh, five stars only. And, uh, <laughs> and just, if you can, write a review. It We're available on pretty much any platform but if you do it on apple for whatever reason if you if you are an apple listener and you're listening on apple podcast that really helps us out to rate us there the i don't know i i don't understand how it all works but i know that it really helps us i'm pretty sure apple's is going to block any five-star ratings we get because of your tirade against the <laughs> iphone <laughs> <laughs> well i i say what i say and i mean what i mean and iphones suck um, <laughs> so Micah, do you know what we've done? What have we done? We've, Wait, have we, are we there? We've made it to the end of another episode of Slasher. We I hardly survived, know. We, we survived our own podcast. Once we again, are the final girls. We're the final girls of our own podcast. Once again, as this somber, as you say, Pee Wee's Playhouse music plays, uh, I have to say... I really, really appreciate that you came on the show this week. And I mean, think of think of how far we've come. When we started this podcast, you didn't even know how to talk, and now we here so we are. We're so young, wearing pampers, <laughs> just learning These to walk. Are just getting longer and longer. We, we <laughs> actually were quite a bit younger when we started this podcast. Uh, we come a long way. The beards are growing long. We've learned about colors and sounds. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Well, uh, we learned about colors and sounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Micah, thank you for being on this week. You are a beautiful guest. We're going to have to have you on again. I would love to do it. I would love to do it again. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, man, I love doing this with you. I love you. And uh, let's do it again soon. Micah, I love you. And I can't wait to find out what clip we pulled from this episode to play in between the closing music. It's always a surprise to me. That's one of my favorite parts because, yes, I actually do go back and listen to these is to hear the bloopers you put at the beginning and the end. Yeah, the beginning is one that actually happens in the episode and the end is one we cut, so it's it's a lot of fun. All right, buddy, thank you so much for doing this. I love you. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. Please like, share, do whatever you can to support us, but just more than anything, hit that subscription button and come back keep coming back and listening to this podcast. We're having a blast making it. We're having a blast uh, doing it for you. Hell yeah. We'll see you all next time on uh, Slasher. I hardly. <laughs> We're never going to touch you finish. So uh, I, you only have to say one word and I have to do all of the rest. Yep. That's, I mean, that was what I was going for. 
Uh, wow, you really got me doing the the heavy lifting here as the guest. Eh, you know, you are the guest. I mean, it's it's you're here to promote your work, I and mean, that's why we're letting you do this. So uh, I didn't even get to plug my upcoming project. Oh, you want to do that real quick? Now it's too late. I don't care. All right, fine. We'll see you next week. Bye. I think that's why we haven't been able to sing a song at the same time. Like there was an episode where you'd say something and I'd say it along with you because I could anticipate always about to quote that line from the movie. So I'd say it along with you. But then during the show, after editing, it all was, you know, not together. Uh, that's This is gold, Mike. I save it for the podcast. Mm-hmm.